All right, we're back with another week of the Close to the Mark podcast. Charles here. Corey's here. And we are uh, ready to go. Um, if you want to be a part of the show, find us at close to the mark podcast at gmail.com. Send us an email. Uh, get on our Twitter at CTTM Podcast. Look us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash CTTM Podcast. You'll find us wherever free podcasts are sold. And now, Spotify. Big news. Spotify. That means we can go on Spotify and find our favorite musicians, our favorite shows, our favorite, you know, any type of audio recording there's ever been. Like, I can go on Spotify right now and say I want to hear Nine Inch Nails, They Might Be Giants, and Me and Corey. Boom, boom, boom. In that order. Play, play, play. And it's all there. Easy, too. All you got to do is type in five letters plus a space, three plus a space, five plus three plus two plus four. What's that? 14, I don't know. I'm, I'm lost. 14 plus three spaces is 17. 17 clicks of your phone, and you can be listening to us on Spotify. But go on Spotify, type in close to the mark. You only have to do it one time, and you can follow us. Click follow button. There you go. Um, so let's get right into it. UFC, man. Who would have thought? Big stories. Squared circle, and here we are, UFC. Yeah, well, you know, we're a sports entertainment podcast covering all aspects of sports entertainment. And I will acknowledge we saw some sports entertainment yesterday. We saw a UFC. lot of sports entertainment. Is that UFC 226, I want to say it was. Yeah, I think so. UFC 226 in Vegas, a man, DC. Shout out to Seth Rollins. Love Seth Rollins. You seen the video online? Of when Seth. Seth Rollins, when he cashes his money in the bank and DC just goes crazy. Yeah. Seth, Seth. That man loves wrestling. And he, uh, when CM Punk had his uh, presser when he first came, Daniel Cormier cashed in his money break briefcase on CM Punk. So Daniel Cormier is a humongous wrestling fan. It shows. Yeah, probably appreciates both sides of his business pretty strong, but what what both sides? What do you mean? The what do you mean? The, it's the same business. The sports entertainment business. Yeah. The sports entertainment business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's sports entertainment aspects to both businesses, Charles. <laughs> yeah. Right? So we had Daniel Cormier get the W, win two belts now. Yeah, junior heavyweight champ and heavyweight champ. And what did he do? He said, I'm calling out a wrestler, an all-American. American, and a former UFC and champion. former UFC champion. Did not say anything about WWE Universal Champion. Well, it's a competing promotion. You don't want to. I don't think. I think. Have you ever had to take a bus? You ever take a bus anywhere? Yeah. When I was in college, I took a bus a lot, mm-hmm. right? And there's two bus companies that are really big. Indian Trails, Greyhound. Yeah. Those are big dogs. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if there's any other ones. But here's what happens. If I bought an Indian Trail bus ticket, all right, from Marquette, Michigan, where I went to college to Grand Rapids, where my home was, right? If I bought an Indian Trails ticket, I would take an Indian Trails bus from Marquette to a city like an hour away. Then I would get on a Greyhound from that city to a city about three hours away. That would take an Indian Trail elsewhere. And they compete. Mm-hmm. But what they did was they sat down and they say, look. We both come out ahead if we, we work get together from A to Z with stops at B, C, and D in between. Exactly. Them. So you can use my route for this, which will help your business, and I can use your route. We still compete, but we can have aspects where we work together, betterment for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what WWE and UFC is in. That's why you hear McLean here. Brock Lesnar is coming to the ring, the octagon. With the Universal Championship in his hand. I, I Around his waist. Yeah, I don't know that that'll be the case. Well, it wouldn't be around his waist. I think it'd be over the shoulder. Um, I'm really interested to see if Paul Heyman actually gets involved at all in he's, the UFC. He has with all his other ones. He Well, he has been involved. And he's actually worked, like, almost as uh, part, part 
you know, part negotiator. Yeah, like, like he's not, his real agent. Yeah, I mean, essentially he acts as an agent for him to help him negotiate yeah. his deals and stuff like that. So I would like to see Paul get involved a little bit in the hype and promotion. I mean, and that's what we need because... I'm not sure about the hype, though. Brock Lesnar actually was decent on the mic. I mean... I mean, when you're allowed to say cuss words and stuff, it's a little different. I, I mean, I'm I'm not really going to sell their mic skills that much. Like, I, mean, I he does nothing most of the time. Yeah, but I felt like on both sides, like there was a lot of the, there was a lot of it that just came across all so, so scripted and delivered to me sports entertainment. in like not the most effective way ever. And I think you pointed out like the line where Cormier said, now get out of my ring. I got to take some photos. Like that wasn't. That was a script. It was. It was a Vince McMahon line. And, and it was one of those lines that like, it doesn't matter Almost like, okay, here's what I'll say. You've got a handful of guys in the promo cutting business that can make any, you can give them any line and they'll make it work. John Cena. The Rock. The Miz. Yeah. I mean, like you could tell The Rock to tell his opponent to get out of his ring because he's got to make a peanut butter sandwich and he'll make everybody believe that. You can make Roman Reigns have carved on tater tots. He can make that work too. Mm, Really? We continue. Okay. (laughs) Um. I know you chanted tater tots. I chanted. I was hyped. In the moment, it felt sweet. Afterwards. I cringed. I afterwards, like, when I watched it. bitty tater tots. I watched it when I got home, right, just because I felt like I was famous. And when I watched it on TV, I was laughing at everyone chanting tater tots. And then it dawned on me that I was, I was one, one of, of them. Yeah. So that's what I felt bad about. But in the moment, it felt right. Yeah. I mean, it's just if you want. It felt right. Yeah. Tater tots. Tater tots. Which, to be Boo. fair, he was talking about his, uh, his bull. His, yeah. And I feel like at an individual basis. His, his testicles. Not, yeah. not not the fans of Test, the former no. dead pro wrestler. Is that what they called those? They called Test his testicles. Yeah. But he was talking about his, his, his genitalia. Yeah. And I feel like, and I'm not sure how the world operates here, but if you're talking about an individual basis, like a single one. That's a pretty reasonable comparison. Yeah. I'm I mean, not sure how most people in, live in, in but it's not world, like horrible. In the world of Vince McMahon where you got grapefruits. Oh, good point. Yeah. Like tater, tater tot compared to a grapefruit. I feel like you should have said like lima bean, lima bean. That would have been a little more. Yeah. I know? don't know if it has the same ring to it. It doesn't because there you go. It could have been worse. Jelly bean? Jelly bean. No, tater tot just sounds better. Yeah, it's that. It was two, the best. It's one. that two syllable, one Tater syllable. Tater tot. Well, no, jelly bean, the same thing. Yeah. So does lima bean. Yeah, I think dang tater tot just sounds right. It's not. There's a lot of T's. It's a lot of punch in there. Well, now at least, and when you take into account all the things he could have said, mm-hmm. I mean, if, I feel like we just arrived at the conclusion that he used the best one he could have. Well, yeah, because we just to, to belittle. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, because I mean, the other one sounded weird. Yeah, and but he, he, he did throw out the and you know again tater tot. And he threw in the the adjectives itty bitty, so you get oh, not only that, mini tater but not only that, you get the you get two more punches of the t with the itty, itty. and the bitty, so you got itty, itty bitty, bitty tater tot. So you got lots of that bars, yeah, all right, yeah, exactly, yeah. Let's go. Do you think Roman Reigns has ever recorded a mixtape or like a rap? Oh yeah, absolutely. As a matter of fact, I think. Like that's there's can I find it? There's cut footage from WWE Ride Along right now of like Roman Reigns just trying to freestyle while he's driving down the road. You think he's decent? 
we've never had an album released by WWE. So um, didn't John Cena put one out? No, I never had a, a Roman Reigns album released by WWE. Okay. So okay. in any case, but we got to finish this. Vince McMahon is like four more ride-alongs, and I got a mixtape. Four more ride-alongs. All right, but in any case, so we got DC called out Brock. Yep. And had a sports entertainment. I mean, literally the only thing they did not have. They is, had a classic Monday Night Raw pull apart brawl. Yeah, they said the only thing they were missing is Corey Graves or maybe Virus Michael Cole. Probably Michael Cole, actually. And for $9.99 with your free trial, you can see these beasts collide. Yeah. At WWE SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing that was missing from that being a full blown WWE promo. Or Booker T saying. Brock's looking real jack, baby. And then saying, hang on a minute. He stole my promo. He stole. I'm coming for you. Uh, Hulk Hogan. Beep. Hulk Hogan. Watch out. Because <laughs> Brock Lesnar might be dropping a promo on you again he, real soon. He was thinking about you when he cut that promo. He was. Because, I mean, you see his lips made of that. Yeah. I'm coming for you, motherfucker. And then he realized, like, hang on a second. I'm white. This is Daniel Cormier. It's 2018. This might not be the best, you like... Because Daniel Cormier seems like a likable guy. He did. It really, I agree with you, though. It almost felt like it was a change-up at the end of the sentence. Oh, yeah. Like, just all of a sudden, it went it, it went to mother. And then, and <laughs> but it, it was like, that doesn't feel like what he was going to say. No, it did not feel like it. But here's the thing. Here's what's crazy. All right, this is how you know that this was 100% sports entertainment, the build, and there's no discussion, is Brock Lesnar, all right? Brock Lesnar, this is what he brought to this matchup. He understood for the build, you need a heel and face. Brock Lesnar understands that from his WWE career. He knew that Daniel Cormier is an extremely likable guy. Now, Brock Lesnar is not really, he's kind of like a tweener. He's just the guy that crushes. He's well, a, a, lot of, a lot of people hate him. I mean, a, a lot, lot of people hate him, but a lot of people love him. Yeah. You know, so he's a tweener, I would say. Like, yeah. he doesn't have any tactics in any category. That make you heal, make you face. He's just guy in the middle. He go, does. Go he does not care whether you came to boo him or to cheer him, as long as you paid money to see him. Exactly. So when they're sitting down talking about this, he knows DC has to be the face because he's a very likable guy. Yep. So you need a heel. Well, and DC also just like he just became the first person since Conor McGregor. To yeah, combine two exactly. championship belts in UFC. When they're I mean, combined, if, if, he just holds two of them. There's difference. Well, yeah, I mean, if, you're right, but yeah, because they don't. It's not like the Intercontinental Champion and the European Champion. Yeah, they're not so they don't merge the belts. Yeah. But the first, you know, the first holder of two simultaneous weight class championships in UFC since Conor McGregor. Yeah, and obviously, like at a UFC event, that makes you a star, makes you a face. Exactly. So he, they need a face, and Brock Lesnar knew they needed a heel. So what? But Brock Lesnar was so happy to be there. You could see that boy was gleaming, so happy. Yeah. But what did he do right when he got in there? He shoved. Because he because he, he said I got to be the heel. He said I'm gonna push him. He said I had to push him. Yeah. I'm gonna push him. Because <laughs> he had to be the heel. Yeah. So they already are establishing face heel. Mm-hmm. They're already building toward. They're building the program and just the most basic WWE profile you ever see, and it's because. At the basis level, you can appreciate UFC, you can appreciate fighting, but the story is where the money comes from. Well, and, and here, making sure they have the story. And to tell to tell the best story that makes you the most money, you need fans invested in the fighters. You need to make stars. Exactly. And the criticism that Meltzer 
has had Meltzer, who also covers sports entertainment and talks about UFC and WWE. Sports entertainment. Sports entertainment. The criticism he's had of the last couple of years is they've done a terrible job of building stars. Absolutely. They've because done a great they... job of losing stars. They lost Ronda Rousey. They lost uh, John Jones. Now well, they didn't lose him. I mean, they lost him for a good four years. Well, they didn't lose him. Like he took himself away. Yeah, and they. I mean, they they've lost a lot of their aging talent. But here's the thing about John Jones, so, though. John Jones was a star because of the dumb stuff he did. Well, You're so, so invested in his I mean, character because they're like, yo, this dude just sniffed cocaine, run away from the police, and is a total, total screw up. But Daniel Cormier has only lost once ever. Yeah. Well, and it was a one sided flop against John Jones. John so, Jones smashed him. Yeah. So it's intriguing that John Jones is so, I'm not saying horrible guy because I don't know him well enough to say that, but no, he constantly makes he's bad. Reckless. He's reckless. Yeah, he consistently makes bad career choices. But it's intriguing because he does all that bad. But when he gets in that octagon, all that stuff goes away. And he smashes. Yeah. So that's why he's intriguing. So I think if he was just a straightforward, regular guy, he wouldn't have been as big a deal. Well, and about the same token, if Conor McGregor weren't uh, a self-promoting hype machine, he wouldn't have been as big of a star. But, you know, there's a line. And a lot of guys don't know where the line is that you go from, you know, living recklessly to getting suspended from your high paying job for four years. Exactly. Yeah. And you want to continue living that nice lifestyle that you live, but you can't afford to anymore. Mm-hmm. Then or you then you end up like Mike Tyson or you throw a dolly through a bus window and you get sued for the injuries you cause to people on board the bus. But that one I think comes out ahead. I think that was an investment. If he ever fights again, he will. I mean, I, I agree that, it will make sense for him to fight again. What is the issue for not having a real competition for WWE and UFC? Conor McGregor is the biggest draw in UFC, period. Well, in MMA, period. So do you think UFC, when they pay attention to Bellator, probably their second most, second biggest competition. I don't know they the are. right answer. Bellator assume that's true. right. Yeah. So no matter what, Conor McGregor being announced for a fight, people are tuned in to mm-hmm. watch that. Mm-hmm. So is... Bellator's going to be like, hey, Connor, UFC not going to let you fight. You can come fight here, though. Make the same amount of money. We'll make a stupid amount of money. And UFC's going to let that happen? Of course not. Like, they have to let that man fight. Well, it's not a matter because. of letting him fight. It's a matter of they would. They actually wanted to, to book him for a fight months ago. It's yeah. not happening. Well, no, but that that's, that's more internal stuff. I'm saying that man's job security is just out of this world good. No matter what he does. Just because I think there's not a, if there was a legit B, like UFC and someone else that goes head to head with UFC, really. And you can say Bellator's number two, but that's like McDonald's Burger King. Like they're technically one and two, but if you look at the differences between them, it's not actually a comparison. Right. It's just murder. One of them's on every, every block everywhere around the world. The yeah. other one's like. Well, McDonald's makes like 30 times more than Burger King does. Yeah. You know, that's not, that's me comparing saying that I'm competing against Mark Henry in weightlifting. He can bench 800 pounds. I can bench 200. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm I'm, I'm, I'm on you, though. You know, mm-hmm. be ready for me to catch. It's just not realistic. So if there was actually a second group that competed close, 1A, 1B type thing, then it would be a little different, you know, just because if you mess up here, you can go there. But if they did something to Connor, they're just helping a smaller company catch up to them. 
Yeah. Well, which is not not good. Another thing that's going to I think is going to be very like telling for Connor's future productivity is, you know, at a certain point Floyd Mayweather ran into the problem of he was such a dominant champion and such a dominant fighter that people began to lose interest in a lot of his fights just because, you know, when you're when you're 38 and 0 or you're 42 and 0, you have a tough time finding opponent an opponent who is uh, enough of a star and to make you pay a hundred dollars to not see a foregone conclusion. Uh, well, and, and even so a lot of times, like you think it is still a foregone conclusion. Yeah. So you need a star of a certain level. It's almost like in the wrestling business, you have, you have the, in Lucha, actually, I'm thinking specifically of like, you have the mask versus hair matches because you have these two guys that are working a program. And generally speaking, this is pretty true in a mask versus mask match or a mask versus hair match or a hair versus hair match in any of those combinations, what you have are guys that have been around for a long time. Yeah. That's the only reason you're willing to lose your mask is like you're towards the end of your career. Yeah. So what you are having to say is like, yes, I'm a big star and yes, I've built up a big career over time, but it's time, it it's time for me to lose. It's time for there to be the potential for me to lose. And that to be what you pay your money to see. You need to now be willing to pay money to see when I'm finally going to fall. Yeah. And that's what that's what Mayweather had to find was he had to find opponents that made it credible that like either you're going to see me fall or you're going to see them fall, but somebody But big, he got in a lot of trouble though and a lot of his record was for I mean you see the big ones like the Manny Pacquiao and the Canelo Alvarez, the Conor one no matter what. I'm it was a gimmick. It wasn't really ever a fight. But there's a lot of dudes in between that he got a lot of trouble for saying he handpicked opponents they know it could beat. But the mega shoots, yes. Like the ones that made stupid amount of money, it's the what you're describing. Yeah. Like no was, matter what, you either want to see Floyd Mayweather lose the end of a dynasty. Or, or you it's can, like it's the tragedy of Manny Pacquiao losing. Yeah. Exactly. Just like, could this actually do it? Yeah. Like it's the idea of, would you pay, right? I'd say Charles and I are going to be one step below like crazy hardcore it's real to me, fan of wrestling. We're a step below that, you know, but I would not pay money right now. If they said $3.99, you can pay it as a one-time purchase. You can watch the MSG main event and nothing else. Brock Lesnar versus Kurt Hawkins. I wouldn't pay it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. Is it an Be extreme rules match? No, it's a regular match. Okay, then no. Because you just, there's nothing to actually... Like, you're paying $3.99 to watch Brock Lesnar's entrance and watch him do an F5. Yeah. You know, that's it. So if there's no stakes at all as far as the result, people will not be interested, period. And that was kind of my point, yeah. is that in those matches between 38-0 and 42-0 is a couple of guys that never had a chance and never exactly. had a prayer. And, like, you know, those aren't selling hot pay-per-view numbers. Nope. But when you had the guys that was doing it, that's when he broke records. So when you have like when you have a situation where McGregor comes back to the octagon mm -hmm. for the first time in possibly two years, and you have to question what his training camps are like now that he's got a hundred million dollars in the bank, mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see like do we get the same Conor McGregor? I, I don't think it's possible to get the same Conor McGregor now that you got. I think that dude's different, man. Like I, with with the with the court is being a wrestling podcast. I feel like we can still pair this our time because he's a sports entertainer. It's all There's, sports entertainment. Yeah, it's all sports entertainment, but he's not. He's in a different category. He's good 
at the sports entertainment aspect of it. Yeah, really good. He's a good promo. He's a good worker. Yeah. But I feel like someone like Conor McGregor, you... He's like the, when he's you the actual like he's that. the actual CM Punk of UFC. Minus the straight edge stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean when you like when you talk I feel like there's levels to it, right? You have dudes that do not talk very much. Maybe he's the Jeff Hardy of UFC. Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> they don't talk very much and they deliver mediocre work. Yeah. Right? Then you have the guys that talk a lot and then maybe are a little bit above average. Mm-hmm. And then you have the dudes that talk a lot and then back it up. Well, and you've that, also, I'm gonna that say, tier. I'm gonna say you've got a tier in there somewhere of guys who are killers, but don't talk well. Can't really talk. But they're actually at the bottom. As that's far like your Steve Miocic. Yeah, but he's at the bottom as far as the draw goes. Well, he's not at the bottom as a draw, but yeah, if you I mean, have zero personality. You're just a like, machine, uh, like uh, Naganu. Naganu's a guy who's like after I'm, yesterday. He's trash. You got to see his fight. It was the trashing I've ever seen. It was the most boring fight ever existed. Joe Did Rogan. Oh no. Oh, Joe well, Rogan agrees with it. They said it was the most boring fight. In UFC history. I mean, it's 15 minutes they fought for and 23 punches landed. So every 40 was seconds. A, was there a big boot and a leg drop at the end? No big boot and leg drop. Oh, they so just stood. They just so stood he's a worse talk. worker than Hulk Hogan. He is a worse worker than Hulk Hogan. Yeah? Wow. I mean, I'm talking about his New Japan days. It's funny because I was watching it with David, my buddy Larry David. Otto. <laughs> he was talking, I was watching my buddy David, and David actually was like, this guy's worse than Hulk Hogan. He said, this is more boring than a Hulk Hogan match. Which is funny you said that, but I think when you make it to that top tier, all right. Now I don't want to be egotistical here, but most things I compete in, that's the one I put myself in the tier for because you know not, I like to talk. Stone Cold Steve Austin said it best: "If you're not there to be the champion, why are you even there?" Exactly. So I'm saying when you make it to the very top and you're saying, "Look, I'm gonna talk the big mess," you know, I am going to tell you how I'm gonna dissect you. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna make sure these people know. That there is not a sliver in my brain that's that feels any way I could lose, like how I feel about DX. But when you make it to that level, it's almost like addicting to to make sure you can stay there. Man, it's crazy to make sure you can stay there. And I feel like people that exist there, like they put a lot of pressure to make sure that they still win. Put it like this: How many bets have you seen me make that I've lost? There's that one that Hamilton won, but I, it's very rare that I lose a bet. Because it's very rare that I'll even accept a bet unless I'm 100% confident I'm going to win just to maintain the persona of being able to say, look, dude, when I make these bets with you, it's because I'm going to win. Mm-hmm. And I need you to understand that. Right? So that's why I don't, I don't take them loosely. I think Conor McGregor's in that category. So I think he's the type of dude that money aside, everything aside, he's going to put in the work to be really good just so he can stay there. I, I see. I think I – think- I think there's a lot of potential for a guy who's living that kind of wild, crazy life um, with the kind of money and the kind of substances and everything else going on in his life. His body's not a holy temple. It's not. And, <laughs> and, uh, and, and I think you have to know that Connor can come back for a fight against whoever is holding the light heavyweight championship at whatever point and say, that's my belt. I never lost it. And just by Conor McGregor walking into the octagon. Quick time out. That's another sports entertainment promo. Absolutely. It's all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he can he can walk into the octagon and say, I know how much money I'm getting paid for this. And it starts with a big number and ends with a whole lot of zeros. Mm-hmm. More zeros than anybody listening to this podcast is used to. And commas in the bank. Commas in the bank. And uh I wonder, like, just knowing that he's got that kind of payday 
for himself no matter what he does. Like how motivated how motivated is he really to still say he's a champion? Because right now he he can say he never lost, but you can't call yourself a champion if you won't fight. And that's where he is right now. Well, it's not that he won't fight. It's that he's, he wants to write opponents. He don't need to fight regular John Smith. I mean, he's a big deal. But, like, this is what I think you imagine. I think Conor McGregor felt how you feel right now about Floyd Mayweather. That Floyd Mayweather has so much money, and Floyd Mayweather cannot, he cannot make enough money, which is a stupid amount of money, for it to affect how much money he has. No zeros got added to his bank account when he made $500 million. No new zeros showed up. So that's a lot. And he figured Floyd Mayweather, what's the word for it? Rest on his laurels. Ooh, good word from Corey. Let's go. Yeah. And he would just be like, well, I probably can beat this dude because I'm going to train like a maniac for it. Yeah. He's going to take it lightly, he and I'm going to catch him slipping. He can't be motivated enough to really take this seriously. Exactly. And he thought if he didn't take it seriously and this other man took it the most, and Conor McGregor took the most seriously, I might that would it. bridge the gap of skill. Yeah. It did not. Yeah. It did not. It was still an incredibly no, there one-sided was, there affair. There was one guy who's been a boxer <laughs> since he was two years old, exactly. and he's never lost a boxing match in his life. And he was never in danger of losing once again. No. So the idea that, like, that, that theory can work, but I feel like in most applications you find that people that are stupid good, they just kind of, like, madden. That's a great example. This is my last example for it. When I probably in 2011 or 12, top 10 in the world at Madden. All right. Really good at Madden. Always have been. Well, not when I was a kid, but got really good at Madden. If anyone's challenged me on Madden, Falcons for Life 32 on PlayStation 4. But now I don't play Madden that much anymore. Very rarely. But when I play a regular dude, I'll still destroy them. Just, it's just, it's instinct at this point. And I think that that's the line. No matter how rusty Conor McGregor gets, his floor is much higher than most people's ceilings. Yeah, you know, and that's, so I, I feel mean, like that's what happened with Mayweather too. Is like, exactly. I could, I could say that I'm going to find a, you know, a long distance runner, mm -hmm. like uh, a ten thousand meters runner, yeah. one of the best in the world right now, and say I am going to beat you. And as long as I pick somebody who's 25 years older than me. Someday that statement will be true. Someday, yeah. <laughs> because it may like it may not happen this year, but every time every time we have another race, that's another ten thousand meters that I've run, and that's a little bit better condition that I'm in for the next ten thousand meters. Yeah. And every ten thousand meters you run is one day closer to your last race. Exactly. And to that injury that takes you out. So eventually it will be true. Yep. When you're 82 and I'm 63 or somewhere in that, you know, 57 or whatever, however it shakes down. But yeah, when I'm 57 and you're 83, that might be my year. Isn't that what the Undertaker was talking about? He said, I want to retire before I turn into that guy. Yeah. And then the guy somebody, that keeps running. And then somebody said, hang on though. What about money? And he was like, good point. Good point. Yeah. Let's go to Saudi Arabia. Hey, <laughs> make sure on Instagram and Twitter, uh, you put the photo of the hat and the gloves and, and the cape, or the I mean, the, the coat and everything. Put that on Twitter and Instagram this week and say, but you can't kill a dead man. 
Check. Undo Corey's, <laughs> undo Corey's WrestleMania. Just moment. like that. It's yeah. done. My WrestleMania, I saw that picture. Yeah. And it was like, I felt a step. I got heart punched. Yeah. And I said, Mark, my WrestleMania. Mark, Mark Cowles hit you with the heart punch. Yep. Like, my, the money I paid to go to WrestleMania, which was a lot. Mm-hmm. It ended up being a four-digit oh, number. I, all things I, I know. I know. I yeah. did the same thing myself. A lot. I had a long time left. ago, and it was still the same mm-hmm. money. So it was way more than that. Yeah. I have nothing left. Undertaker took that from me. Yeah. Undertaker took that from me. Wow, I actually am pretty salty about that now that you like brought it to me, dude. Yeah, like I got anxiety about it now. Well, let's—I mean, so that's horrible. I, I gotta say one thing. I'm listening. Daniel Cormier is coming out against UFC fans that say this whole main event aftermath in the cage was a farce. Kayfabe. That it was a work. It was a work. Yeah, and 100 percent was. I mean, oh, you're telling me that UFC was it was a work. I I here's what I would say. I would say tread lightly, Charles. If you if you understand that Cormier versus Lesnar was the angle that that match was setting up to, mm-hmm. then to think that the outcome was unexpected is naive. And it's the same as the wrestling fans who say that they might know who's going to win, but everything else is real. It's not possible. It's, it's. Okay, well then walk me through this. Walk me through this. And I'll, if you can answer this, I'll give you a slight bit of weight to this. Just to put that out there, Charles and I am rather sure disagree strongly right now, but I'm going to give him an opportunity. So I need you to role play me through this. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to be, you're going to talk to Stipe and DC right now. You're Dana White. You're telling them that DC is going to knock you out. Okay. And then after that, they, they, they rehearsed their Brock Lesnar confrontation promo, DC and Brock Lesnar did. So if you're Dana White, you take into account how the fight played out, the fact that he's legit knocked that dude out. How do you book that as far as this isn't taking a suplex from the top rope and hitting no, someone? I, this I is a ray hook. So role play with me. You're yeah. Dana White. You're talking to them. Have it rooted in what actually played out mm-hmm. and make it sound not crazy. Okay. I'm listening. All right. So guys, as you know, the biggest problem that we have right now is that we are not creating star talent, big name draws that create these must-see main event of WrestleMania level matches that make people want to pay their money for pay-per-views. Okay. And the the thing that, you know, any promoter can tell you is that you need to have somebody who's the your top build, your your headliner, your icon, your main event, your big showstopper. Mm-hmm. Um and the other thing that that where we fall, where we've fallen down here is we've lost some of those showstoppers. We've lost some of those main eventers. Okay. We've had some problems. There's been some some problems with the USADA testing and the weight cutting and all the other stuff that's going on. But guys, we just signed a new television contract, and WWE is getting paid more for TV over the next five years than we are. Okay. Let me let me let me. We're role playing right now. Maybe DC. Mm-hmm. So what are you getting at, Dana? Well. So clearly, WWE is doing something right that I am not. I need to look more towards the world of professional wrestling 
to affect how we book our sports entertainment, our so, our ultimate fighting championship. Let me ask you another question, Dan. Does this mean that it used to be non-scripted and now you're considering going scripted? Well, I mean, in as much as, like, in the 1930s, professional wrestling was okay. non-scripted. I'm listening. I'm still listening, Dan. All right. So, I've... Now, I talk to Vince. As you know, I talk to Vince every Tuesday. Yep. And uh, he suggested that I should look to what Mexico does, how they book their big programs and their biggest main events, their biggest multi-million dollar draws. Because he said, if I just copy what WWE does, then our products are going to be too similar and too many people in the U.S. market are just going to say, like, well, this is just the same thing. Yep. Now, I'm still going to steal a little bit of that stuff. Okay, that's fine. But To the top. Yeah. I'm, on, I'm on board, Dana. I mean, he's number one for a reason, so I'm taking some of his mojo. Okay. But I liked what he had to say. And what he told me was that when you look at how the Mexican style of professional wrestling books their biggest events, they pay the loser more money. Okay. Because... That's who's really doing the job. Let me be DC again. So what are you getting at, Dan? Well, what I'm getting at is that you're going to get paid less for this fight. I'm DC? Yes. I'm getting paid less. You're going to get paid less for this fight. Of course. Because we're building you up for a big money match with Brock Lesnar. But I won. Well, yeah, you won, but I got to pay Stipe more money because... I thought the loser makes more money. Yeah, Stipe's losing. Oh, so I'm making less than Stipe. Yeah. Okay. I okay. got to pay Stipe more for taking the L. So let me be Stipe real quick. Yeah. So, Dana, are you telling me that I'm going to let this dude beat me? Well, yeah, but I'm going to pay you more money. Well, like, was he just going to knock me out? Yeah. So I'm just going to eat that? I'm just going to, like... Well, no. just going to let him knock me out? No, I, I, I want the fight to go a couple rounds. Um, so don't just go out there and get knocked out. What like, if I accidentally knock him out? Don't do that. Well, I mean, what do you want me to do? Pull my punches like old Phil Jackson was doing? Phil Brooks was doing? I, I, I want you to hit him, but, you know, don't hit him on the point of the chin. And, uh, you know, if you, if you land a punch, make sure you just push, push his head more than you actually blow it off. Yeah. Okay. I'm listening, Dana. All right. But I'm gonna make more money, right? You're going to get paid more because okay. essentially this match is like you losing your mask. Okay. All right. Now this is, this is, I don't have as big of a program for you versus Lesnar right now. That's why I'm going to pay. That's why I'm going to get paid more. You're going to get paid more money for losing this fight so that I can build to this big pay-per-view with Cormier versus Lesnar. So I'm cash out now. Yeah. And, and you're actually, you're going to get, you're going to get a fight down the road. That's going to be another additional good payday for you. So let me get this straight, Dan. Let me make sure we're on the same page. So DC and me are going to go into the UFC as mm -hmm. fighters. And what we're going to do is we're going to orchestrate a match. And he's going to knock me out somewhere along the lines so he can build up to a fight with Brock Lesnar. That feels important. Well, as soon as he knocks you out, Brock Lesnar's getting in the ring and working a program with him. They're going to shoot an angle in the ring. So... So yeah, I need I need you to lose. I just don't know how I feel about getting knocked out at will. Like, is he just gonna keep punching me in the head and eventually I'll get knocked out and then it's over? Well, I mean, or am I just gonna crumble to the ground and pretend to be knocked out? 
I mean, I can pull out a failed drug test for you or some other way to get you out of this if you don't want to do it, but I'd rather pay you the money than some nobody. When you put it like that, it's actually a pretty intriguing point, Dana. But I guess at that point, aren't we doing 100% wrestling? I know you said you want to take a bit and piece, but it seems like you just are saying we should do wrestling, but we should just actually knock each other out and actually fight That's- instead of... Wouldn't that make us like way better than them? Because well, the problem with that is that you end up with somebody like Brock Lesnar, you know, as your champion. And then as soon as he faces guys, you know, who are much better pure heavyweight strikers, they're they're going to bash his face in. And then I have no idea who my heavyweight champion is. But it discredits. So you're just trying to control the top. Well, I have to because I have to make sure that I have exciting pay-per-views that make money. If I don't know who my top talents are and who's going to win and who is going to be so booked. Who are you deciding? Well, how am I going to book the December pay-per-view to sell the most buys if I can't determine who my two guys in that match are? Dana, I get what you're putting down, man, but remember, uh, remember, tell me this then, Dana. Don't you remember Jose Aldo versus Conor McGregor in that super fight? And it was like four seconds long, and he just caught him with a straight, and he immediately went to sleep? So, like, what if I accidentally knock him out? Is that just, like, things happen sometimes, like when Enzo got knocked out? Well, I mean, it'll it'll depend on how it happens. You might get disqualified, I don't know. There might, you know, what can, right, you know what can happen is you can fail a drug test the day of the fight, and then the decision is reversed. All right, Dana. All right, we're going back to Charles and Corey. I started. I started zero point three percent interested in in the validity of this. I will say, I will say, I'm at eight percent. Hey, I will say I'm at eight percent strictly because of when you said. Well, if you want, you can just fail this drug test and not get paid for it, period. It brought me back in line that at the end of the day, they are all trying to make the most money. And controlling the top definitely would be the way to make the most money. That's, mm-hmm. that's what makes wrestling so much money. Yeah. Absolutely. I, like, just, like I cannot said, get past. It's like you said. If you, offered, if you offered the fans right now, if, if Vince McMahon offered you the chance to watch Madison Square Garden main event for $4, Brock Lesnar versus Kurt Hawkins – you would say, no, that's not worth $4 to me. But the the good part, if you're Vince McMahon, is that you have Brock Lesnar under contract and you also have people under contract that you can put in a match with him in the main event and people will pay $4. As a matter of fact, I bet that if I gave you the, the um, current WWE roster and I said, I want you to find 10 opponents mm-hmm. right now that you would be willing to pay $5 to watch a match of Brock Lesnar versus any 10 people on the roster, that you would be able to find 10 people. That could. Now, now that means Vince has 10 options that he can he can use yeah. to make a, a $5 pay-per-view draw just for that one match. So you if you're Vince McMahon, you don't book... Brock Lesnar versus Kurt Hawkins and get no pay-per-view buys. Well, if you're... But the but here, here here's why I can't go above 8%. Mm-hmm. This is why I cannot go above 8%. 
because for what UFC brings to the table, what their market is, how they push it, mm-hmm. all right, they line up the fact that it's like matchmaking in a video game, right? Once I play 100 matches and me and these other dudes play these 100 matches and the algorithm's consistent, if me and this dude have similar battle points, it means our skill levels should be close. If our skill level's close, it should organically create a good competition. That's how it should do most of the time. Now, sometimes things happen in both extremes, but most times it should end up like that. So having Dan Cormier has only lost once, and Stipe Miocic, who is a monster, just an absolute hammer. I think he's lost, I think he, I think he's lost four times, something like that. But he's a monster too, right? These dudes, strictly because of their skill level and their history, it should be a good fight because they have both proven where they stand among the same pool of competition, and as long as they're in the same realm, should be a good fight. I will, and I, that gamble, I think, is the difference between UFC versus WWE. WWE doesn't gamble on that aspect. Mm-hmm. They control it so they don't have to. So, UFC does gamble on that aspect, and that's the separation. So here's, here's, here's what I'll say. I will say... I will say that I'm happy you're 8%. I'm going to say that I'm really more like 60% personally. That's tough, dude. And and here's here's what I'll say. I I personally understand that UFC definitely has real sport element to it. And clearly like if you were if you were UFC, you wouldn't create problems for yourself where guys aren't making weight and fights aren't happening. You know, yes. And you wouldn't have major problems where people are cutting extreme weight and then you're winding up with fights where one person outweighs the other person by 40 pounds. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's and how- a championship match can't be a championship match anymore because the guy didn't make weight, but you have him fight anyways. Yeah. Stuff like that. Stuff like happen. that happens. And it, and if you were if it was all if it was all fake, you wouldn't exactly. bother doing that. Buddy Murphy don't buy, don't weigh 205, but he's on 205. No, he's, he's 203. Oh, my God. That boy's at least 215. But uh <laughs> but if you were if you were UFC and you were running an illegitimate sport entirely, then you wouldn't you wouldn't have those kind of problems because there's only one WWE wrestler who's had a problem with cutting weight in the last year. But yeah, <laughs> but there's a lot of UFC fighters that have had problems, and there's been a lot yeah, of UFC. Month, yeah. There's a lot of UFC cards that get entirely rewritten because people don't make weight. Absolutely, people, people get suspended for drug testing. Absolutely, yeah. You know so. So obviously there's a lot of the aspects of the UFC fighters uh, that is completely legitimate. But what I will say is I also believe it's naive to not understand that in the world of 100% real boxing, that that's a sport that's been plagued by fixed fights. Well, no, to be fair, every huge sport has been guilty, found guilty, of fixing it to the end that you're describing. Right. The biggest draw at the end, the culmination. Right. Soccer, hockey, basketball. Yeah. All of them. Yeah, absolutely. Look, right. at the, look at the Russians right now in the World Cup and, you know. Yeah, so I, I get, I understand that. So this this where I put it. This is what, what I'm about to say. I will say I am 100% willing to defend my stance because I believe in it 100%. I will say this. I think... of everything outside of the fight itself is 90% in lieu sports entertainment, wrestling. The face-offs, the shoves, all that stuff, 100% building programs, okay? I think the fight itself is 100% real fight. However, 
I think they are pulled aside before the match, all right? And they say, if you win, this is the direction we're going. This is who I want you to call out. This is what I want you to do. And they tell both guys that. And part of being in the UFC and being good is being able to deliver that promo afterwards effectively. I think that's part of your staying power in UFC. So I don't think they script the fight itself. I think they still try to meet the end you're describing, but the way they do it is they have a route to go no matter who wins, and they work on that route before the fight with both people. I believe in this instance, and this is the instance that cements it for me, that it was fully intended that Daniel Cormier was winning this fight and would be the one to call out Brock Lesnar for a big pay-per-view. But it wasn't Daniel Cormier first. It was John Jones. <laughs> and that's obviously the program Brock wanted, but it's the most money. And and it's 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 I think I, I believe Brock Lesnar is the type of fighter that wants to know the answer to Brock well, Lesnar versus John Jones. Well let me tell you this though. Do you think that do you think it actually went like this? Do you think John Brock Lesnar talked to Dana White first and he said, Look, if DC wins, I want to fight DC and I'll be in there for it. Well, I mean, what so what the question becomes like what if Stipe wins? Exactly, but they I think they worked all that out beforehand. I think Brock Lesnar knew. Let's assume he did not see money with Stipe. Brock Lesnar talked to Dana White and he says, "Look, man, if DC wins, I'll come to the ring. I'll come to Octagon, I'll fight DC. I'll cut the start program immediately. If Stipe wins, I'm not doing it." And I think they're both be on the same page with that. That's why I think this is what happened. All right. If I'm getting deep, this is what I think happened. That Nagura guy that's named the Beast, that's what his nickname is, the mm. Black Beast, I think. Okay. I think it started with if he wins, I want to fight him. All right. Because the Beast versus the Beast. Yeah. It's a good program. Yeah. This guy's an up and comer. He They talk about him looking like Brock Lesnar, minus being black, and like Brock, a, being a monster, a beast. And Brock could still kill him. Exactly. Probably. And then, so he said, if that guy wins, then I want to fight him. If DC wins, then I want to fight him. If both of them win, then I want to fight this guy instead. Yeah. Maybe he preferred the not the Nagura guy. Nagata. And that's why when he did the promo, he said, that guy's a piece of shit. Because he's horrible. He lost. Yeah, because he lost. Yeah. And then, so I think, I just think that it's worked out the route they're going to go. But they work it out both ways. So the fight still is organic. But pre-fight and post-fight. They do have a plan. I, just, I mean, I would say... <clears throat> I just don't think you can pretend to knock a dude. There's just too many variables you can't control. I would say that it's... I would say that that's possible. Um, what what if I, these guys are stupid? What guys? I would say is in the world of professional wrestling, like, you don't tell... Like, you don't tell Brock Lesnar, hey, Brock, you're going to have your main event match against Roman. You're going to win as usual. And after the match, I'm going to send some random person down to the ring to challenge you and you're going to have to react in this in the heat of the moment well you don't moment. have to because the wrestling they know the end that's going to be the key difference between ufc and wwe is that's the skill set that ufc would have to have that you'll need wwe so here's here's the there's the last point i'm going to make on the subject all right all right it sure seemed and again i know your response to this is going to be like well that's the 101 part and that's what they do every that's what they do every uh, Promotion in general. Every every time there's a weigh in and the pre fight 
promo uh, pre-fight. Uh, I said anything other than a fight is ninety percent sports and, and, entertainment and, and, and press conference, pre-fight press conference. You know, it's all sports you always see. You always see the the stuff go back and forth and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Um, it sure seemed like when Brock got in the cage and we had the first shove and then the, the War of Worlds and then the Cormier reaching across for the second shove and then the, you know, like, let's go our separate ways until we get to fight. It sure seemed to me like everybody knew their mark and knew where to be and knew where to stand I and agree. knew what to do. I agree with that 100%. But I think they had a plan no matter who won that this is how it goes. They said, Steve, if you win, this is what I want you to do after the match. DC, if you win, this is what I want you after the match. Yeah, Brock just, says, if DC wins, I'm doing this. If Stipe wins, I'm doing that. Yeah. It's just, you got to have a plan for both directions. So for some television shows, you shoot like six different endings just so nobody knows like what the real episode is going to be. Correct. That's what I, that's what I would In say. In pro wrestling, There's they only one. rehearse one. one outcome. In UFC, it's somewhere in the middle. Maybe. That's, that's why I can agree with that. If you're a UFC in, insider and you can tell us how scripted all of it is. I would like to know. Lift the veil. Because I can I promise want somebody, you this. I want, I want Dana White, who doesn't you know really run UFC anymore. I just want him to come out and say, I think you're tired of your intelligence being insulted. Yeah, Because you would be lying. He would be lying if they said, if, if we talked about not the fight itself, we talked to someone strictly not the fight. Mm-hmm. And I asked him how much of that is sports entertainment promo. You said anything less than seventy-five percent. You're lying to me. You said anything less than a hundred percent. Well, I know that. I'm just trying to give him benefit of the doubt and come across reasonable. Okay. All right. Between us, I'm saying hundred percent. Yeah. But if I got to come across reasonable people, reasonable person that the people are talking to, I'm saying seventy-five. Just okay. so I give myself a buffer. All right. Kind of thing. I'll make bets. I can't. I don't make yeah, bets. Yeah, I yeah. lose. All right. So anything that's seventy-five, I'll turn off. And I'm not listening anymore. All right. Because all of it is. So I don't want to listen to Dana White knock WWE at all. Because that's that I think that's the grandfather that stuff. Maybe not, probably boxing actually. But you get the point. Yeah, I mean it's it, it, that's what I'm saying is like there's an element of promotion. There's an element of promotion to pro wrestling that transcends pro wrestling itself and yes. goes out into other realms of sports entertainment. Yep. And any folks, anytime any uh, any world of sports event and i'm not just talking about the british wrestling company congrats to world of sport though for starting back up in the yeah. uk um we follow you on twitter give us a follow back hey um uh, but um but anywhere in the world of sports globally that you have televised sports sports as a for-profit venture mm-hmm. you have the nfl which is a billion dollar industry multi-billion dollar industry yeah, yeah yeah uh way bigger than wwe which is a multi-billion dollar industry absolutely yeah. um anytime you have that sort of thing out there where you make money off of sports whether it's uh european football like the world cup whether it's american football like the super bowl whether it's wwe boxing yeah. whatever it is there are elements of promotion and entertainment that enter into the production and how everything plays out and I think that's why people talk about when people you know talk what? about like how we have a World Series that seems very coincidentally to feature two major television markets. You know, we yeah. have we have, um, you know, people say like, you know, how does the same. Well, I think it's weird that after 9-11, the Patriots got really good. Yeah. Stuff like that. Or Katrina happened and Louisiana won the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, I can agree with stuff like there's, that. There's lots of there, there's stories, uh, you know, of of. Of baseball teams like Houston after uh, after the uh, yep. 
hurricane came through, Houston won a championship. I, mean, I can, you know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go one step further because I actually appreciate your perspective. All right, and the one step further that I'm willing to go. All right, involves in ring in octagon UFC as far as build goes. And this is what I can say happened. If you remember the Conor McGregor, Nate Diaz, Mm -hmm. I think it was Nate or Nick. I'm not sure. So Nate won the first one, choked him out. And I think for the second one, everyone understands the third blow off match is always the big one. Mm -hmm. So I think the refs in the scorecard, this is an example of how I think it stays in the sports entertainment category is they say, look, if it's close and I need you guys, I need to trust you guys working for UFC, that your judgment won't bonus here. If it's close and you can argue it, I need Conor McGregor to win this one. Now, mm-hmm. if you get, they don't talk to Nate Diaz or Conor McGregor about this. Those two are straight one fight. But the guy says, if it's close, I need Conor McGregor to win. Because the third match is, we'll where, the make, money is. is where the money is. We'll make everyone more money. Yeah. But I don't think they tell Conor McGregor that. I don't think they tell Nate Diaz that. I think they tell the ref. And I think they tell the, the, the scorecard keeper. And but if it's completely lopsided, that's where the trust part comes in. They just have to keep it as that. And then possibly Diaz, you know, beats him again, and there's no further discussion. Exactly. But but like they they just they 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 keep the avenues open to let these storylines play out. But they're much more strict on what they'll allow to have happen to make sure it stays on that path and doesn't lose the organic. That was the idea behind, you know... That's boxing, too. That was the idea behind boxing when it was at its height in the late 80s and early 90s was that you were going to have these matches, these dream matches that would develop organically between your Lennox Lewis and your Vander Holyfield. And at a certain point, we finally get that match. And, you know, whoever won would win. Maybe we get a rematch. And maybe now we have to have a third match to settle it, you know. Mm-hmm. And all of it, all of it is for the sake of... of creating the hype and creating how how must see that event's got to be exactly. that you've got to pay your money to see the fight exactly yeah and i'm i mean i'm on board with that too i just think the ufc show last night highlighted the ufc after the fight was done highlighted how much more of a sports entertainment venture that is than anything else after aside. after for sure yeah. but when stipe threw a right hook and that dude's whole head just shoves sideways you just can't make plans. Like, I just feel like you can't make a plan around a really, really strong dude catching you in the jaw really, really hard and you just deciding you're going to act this way. When Until you go watch Vader fight Stan Hansen in a Japanese pro wrestling match and you're like, that dude just knocked his eyeball out of his head. Like, I mean, if somebody knocked my eyeball out of my head with a punch... I'm gonna be honest with you. I mean, like that's not just the end of that fight. That's the end of me ever getting yeah, anywhere no, close yeah, to a punch ever again. Vader put his eyeball back in and threw a punch in response. I mean, that's respectable, but that's a rare breed. It is a rare breed, but isn't that like when you find those guys that can take that shot and just keep going? Like, isn't that who you turn into your UFC star? No, because I don't think you can accurately. You can't. You can't accurately say that's the guy. Science, man. It's just when your brain rattles, sometimes you go to bed. Yeah. It's just a humongous I mean, variable. There's going to be things that are going to happen, and there's going to be lights out moments and stuff. But, I mean. In any case, let, let's, let's, let's go back to Raw, take a quick break, 
Yeah, I mean, get it was, to Raw we, and SmackDown we, review, we, but we we went in a different direction for this, and it was it was. What's 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 Swerveville? Yeah, what's Swerveville? We, we it's a sports entertainment podcast. We talk sports entertainment. We talked UFC. We talked about you know everything. Yeah, and uh, fans I, got I, complacent, so we switched it up on. I I really enjoyed that discussion. I man. actually did too. I like watching UFC events. Yeah. It's, it's too barbaric for me sometimes. You know, like I watched this one yesterday. This is crazy. I I know we're supposed to take a break, but I gotta say this because this was crazy. The fight was it was two dudes. Absolute war. Like if I get nauseous watching him sometimes because it's just too barbaric. This dude threw this hook at him and he hit him in the forehead. And you can watch it in slow motion. They actually played in slow motion. You can watch this thing. It ended up probably the size of like a clementine, like a tangerine, like a small orange. It grew from nothing to the size of a tangerine. In five seconds. Mm-hmm. So he hit him in the head and, and he just immediately. He ruptured a blood vessel. In Whatever yeah. happened. Like stuff like that. Man, I'm out on that. You yeah. know, so so I like watching that stuff, but stuff like that's too much for me. That's why I prefer wrestling. Because when you pay your money for a main event, typically, as long as it's not backlash, you get main event quality. Or as long as it's not two stupid guys on the indies. That like Al Snow put a picture up on Twitter. I don't know if you saw it, but one guy, his chest was the Me? worst yeah. looking. It's the worst looking thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Not only were there spots where blood was drawn, but like from shoulder to shoulder, everything was different shades of yeah. deep bruising. Yeah. Like that's just. I'm out on that stuff. That's, that's not that's not entertainment. All that is is you just literally took a physical beating. Like I mean, I could I could go out and have a match where I just handed somebody a belt. And said, "Just whip me for the next ten minutes until I bleed." Exactly, but that's a crucifixion, not a, not yeah. a, you know, it's yeah. not a match. I'm thinking, I mean, that's yeah, I agree. But yeah, man, let's take a break. Let's get to let's get to Raw SmackDown this week. Do what we do best, but we Re- can switch. Recap the world of sports, our kind of sports entertainment. <laughs> okay, so it was definitely fun talking about UFC's place in sports entertainment. We got range, yeah, but. But uh, we got to talk about the weekend wrestling because that's what this podcast is. Close to the mark is here to talk about. I mean, professional wrestling, sports entertainment with a focus on professional wrestling. And I would, I mean, like, I'll be, I, I know we've kind of talked about it before, but I'll just be honest. I'll admit, it, like, it's a focus that's primarily on WWE. Yeah. Which I mean, is not to say that, like, New Japan sometimes doesn't steal the spotlight or that Ring of Honor. Or even CMLL or AAA can't steal a spot. I don't know the exact numbers, but I'm willing to gamble what I'm about to say. We, if you, if you compare market share to the wrestling industry, I think we spend about the right appropriate amount of time to represent what percentage of the market share this company has. Zero percent impact. No, yeah, they got point zero one percent impact. And we talked about Alberto Del Rio for three minutes. We talked about Lashley being an impact. Yeah, Jeff Just- Hardy. Showing, showing up drunken in, incoherent. Impact. So if we have 13 episodes, an hour and a half a piece, two hours a piece, that's and 26 all the hours. the impact stuff is garbage. Yeah, and that's 26 hours of content, and we've spent four minutes talking about, You're I right. don't know what percentage that is, but it's that's pretty, pretty heavy representation, actually. It's probably right. a little too high. Exactly. So but I feel like we didn't miss anything. You're right. So, I'm but I mean, there's definitely going to be, there's definitely going to be times like the all-in show, big announcement, the all-in show is going to be streamed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, when that happens, we're going to watch that show and we're going to talk about that show. Of course. Because it's so monumental in the world of professional wrestling. And that, honestly, I can't imagine anything happening in WWE that week that would supersede 
No, no, it won't. But I mean, the grand scheme, the bigger picture there is we're probably going to spend half the show for there. Yeah. But then when you scale out the next year after that, there hasn't been another all in. I'm not going to talk about it for an hour every week, just yeah. forever. Yeah. So it's always going to come back. Everything, everything's going to fall where it's supposed to over time. And and the truth is, like you know, if you're lucky enough to have access TV, um, you know, to have Sinclair Television Network, to have what network is Impact on now? Twitch. Uh, you're right. Yeah, that's true. Um, so anybody's got Twitch. There is a good uh, Jeopardy question for you boys. We yeah. got that right, man. Yeah, yeah. Phone a friend, dude. Don't hear about it. Yeah, but I mean, um, you know, with 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 New Japan World, with Honor Club and WWE Network, it's those are the things that are kind of the most easy and viable to watch consistently. And I'd say, like, you know, your CMLL with YouTube yeah. and your your. I feel like most other promotions, like snippets is a good representation. I feel like the production value is what draws you in. Mm -hmm. And the most of the other independents minus, you know, New Japan and maybe somewhat Impact Zone, but probably not. Like, there's not a lot of entire program ever to watch. It might, like, oh, what's that dude named? Sammy Callahan and uh, Eddie Edwards. Yeah. I actually found on YouTube the, the wood fight they did mm -hmm. just because it was such a big event between them right. i wanted to know but i did not look anything else up with the card mm -hmm. what company it was with anything else strictly that and i feel like in other avenues that's more likely to happen like these two people are in a feud whereas new japan and wwe is more the overall company itself that yeah. you follow and you like, so like I agree with that, and I think like the Black Label Pro Show coming up this week in uh, in Crown Point, Indiana, mm -hmm. that's going to feature the Rock and Roll Express versus the Chop and Roll Express. Brian Alvarez, Filthy Tom Waller. Watch your back, Filthy Tom. I don't trust this dude, no matter what. I oh, do not trust Brian Alvarez. That's that's a show that's also going to be streaming, and I think that's also worth watching and seeking out as a special event kind of thing. I don't think I'll watch it live. I don't I think I'll watch it like the next day. Yeah, yeah, but that's I. I mean, like, I might. I, it'll depend on like when I can, what my schedule looks exactly. like. Exactly, I watch it when I have time to watch it. Yeah, I won't make time to watch it. But it's something that we'll watch as a point of interest going on in the rest of yeah, the absolutely. And that's kind of how we follow stuff. Is like we've got Raw on USA, we've got SmackDown on USA, eventually moving to Fox. Mm -hmm. We've got the network, which we have subscription to. We've got New Japan, which we have a subscription to. So these things that we can like, you know, when there's Live television happening or easy to access, yeah. you know, big noteworthy stuff going on. We can kind of follow that stuff and talk about it here on the show. Yeah. For our listeners, if you've got something you would really love us to watch and review and talk about, like hit us up on Twitter, CTTM Podcast on Twitter. Check us out. Give us your opinion. Yeah. That type of thing, you know? Send us an email, close to markpodcast at gmail.com. But reach back out to us and let us know if there's something you feel like we're missing. And if you're a diehard Impact Zone fan and you feel like we need to check out the, the Twitch stream and talk about what's going on right now, maybe we'll give it a shot. Send us a link. I'm not going to say maybe we'll give it a shot. We'll give it a shot. You know, yeah. Give us a link. I mean, what kind of people would we be if we like, if we sit here and we say we like sports entertainment and you, you know, as a listener to the show, someone that obviously sees partly eye to eye with us, yeah. you know, unless you just like talking talk about how terrible we are, but so be it. Roman Reigns has a lot of reactions. It's a... Uh, Assuming I, we give you the respect that we can assume that you're listening to us weekly, we share decent 
interest and there's a for reason. you to shoot something over to us say, hey, yeah, I like this. You're like me. Or Check us out. Of course it, we look it, at that. I mean, it, I'm going to go as far as to say like, they, it may not be that they love that, but they may want us to talk about it. Yeah, exactly. Something, I mean, something we're talking about. If you, want, if, if you want us to cover anything else, let us know. But nothing weird, though. Like Not like meatspin.com. Like, no pranks. You ever been on meatspin.com? I, I know I've been on the site. I, don't that's, I mean, that's when the, I mean, I don't know if it's good that you just oh, said you've been on the site. So okay, casually, maybe not. You know? I think I'm thinking of Deadspin. Deadspin. Yeah, let's transition to that one because you said it so casually, like, just like, yeah, everyone goes on, you don't mean to go over. <laughs> yeah, like, no, man. Okay. That's a trick. It's a different thing. Check out, check out, uh, Pat, what's it called? Penisland.com. Penisland.com? Yeah, Pen yeah Island. I, I know what that one is. Okay. <laughs> I've been <laughs> on that. I've been on that one. <laughs> yeah, I need great pens. Yeah. Wholesale deals. What's that, uh, goat, goatsy? No, that's when they, yeah, that's a, a phrase. Check dude. out the goatsy. No, check out goatsy. Don't check Google, that out. Google, don't Google that. Go to NSA. Alexa, pull no. up goatsy. Oh God. All right. Let's move on. <laughs> let's talk about raw. Speaking of yeah. goatsies. All right. Um, so raw this week, it had, um, some of the angles uh, we, we actually ended up recording our show from last week, a little bit late, um, due to some scheduling stuff. So we've talked very little about what actually happened on Raw. We mentioned um, Curtis Axel beating Matt Hardy again. Yay. Um, we we had um, the match uh, where the Authors of Pain took on Titus Worldwide. Um, it was a, another Authors of Pain squash. Yep. Um, we got um, Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins versus Ziggler and McIntyre. And... Um, um, Rollins was getting murdered by Ziggler and McIntyre, who were doing a great job of cutting off the ring yep, yep. and keeping him isolated. And it looked like uh, Roman Reigns might finally get the hot tag and make it in when the Revival jumped the barricade and attacked Roman Reigns. Uh, it meant that uh, Reigns and Rollins got the win by DQ, but you know they both took a beating. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know if that's a W that I want. No, no, that's that that one can stay in the show, but I'm not interested in that one. Yeah. I mean it, it didn't really push the story very far. Whole Roman Reigns and two matches idea was horrible. Um Ember Moon beat Liv Morgan of the Riot Squad. Um hit the eclipse. It's no always the story of the yeah. I don't e want to see Eclipse one, two, three. Um we got, of course, that angle. We talked about it last week. Um the whole egomaniacal Roman Reigns versus Bobby Lashley angle. That's the one that the Revival attacked. No. No, it was uh that was the Yeah, the Revival attacked Bobby Lashley and Roman Reigns, dude, because Bobby Lashley and Roman Reigns wrestled the Revival the last week. Yes. That's why the Revival in effect interjected them. The Revival attacked Reigns during the Reigns Rollins match. And then Reigns went back out for his match with Bobby Lashley as his partner against, against the, the Revival. And they got DQ'd again. They did, because they beat Roman Reigns up too much. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No flips, all fists. Yeah. And then Roman wouldn't tag in Lashley, so Lashley said, when you're getting stomped in the corner, fine. I won't help you. Just keep getting stomped. No worries. Get stomped. And eventually, the ref hit the five count. The Revival kept stomping. Roman Reigns wins by DQ again. But the story of the night was Roman Reigns getting a win while being stomped by the Revival. Egotistical maniac, dude. Yeah. Roman Reigns is the most egotistical person in the entire company. Yeah. And it's not even close. Not close. When does Dean Ambrose come back, though? 
you know, it's um, was he hurt bad? Like, I mean, he, he had a major bad. injury, but but I initially heard that he was expected back sometime around SummerSlam. So you know, hopefully, sometime in the not too distant future, we'll see him again. I've heard reports that Jason Jordan's been backstage at Raw, but it's, just, it's the perennial story of WWE. It's like we have we have one writer for every wrestler on the roster, but if you go away for four weeks, we don't know who you are or what to do with you. And it's so weird because they like kept teasing it. So we have nothing for you, Jason Jordan, now that you're healthy and ready to go again. But they had stuff for when he was hurt. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. And it's just to me it's crazy that like <coughs> like we were talking last week about the idea of somebody who does continuity and yeah. and you know the I will say, in some respects, WWE manages to give Jinder a couple seconds of FaceTime on Raw, even if his match is main event. Mm-hmm. First first time in several years, by the way, that a former champion is on heard, main yeah. event. That's crazy. But um, but I think that tells you the direction that Jinder's going. Already has been. Yeah. Has has been. Are we back to winning the Andre Giant Memorial is a bad thing yet? Yeah. Because Baron won, and now he's not even Baron. He's mm-hmm. the Constable. He's Constable Constable Corbin, Corbin yep. CC. Uh, Mojo won. Yeah. He's just he's, now getting serious. He's, oh, very serious. Did very. you see how seriously he threw a guy dressed as a cheeseburger? He was a serious throw. I think it was called the serious throw. Yeah. And then you have the Big Show went once, I think. Yeah. Just like, and then Cesaro. Yeah. And the bar has been gone. Cesaro was the original winner. Yeah. Where'd Cesaro. the bar go? What happened? Uh, Did they get beat up or something? They're working on house shows. Mm. And they just, it's again, it's, it's, you have a writer for every single person working the roster, yet nobody has any ideas for them. Nobody has anything. And this is my problem is, you know, aside from like a continuity person, you have a, a field where it's like, look, guys, if you have raw tag team champions, one of them is 72-year-old bodied Matt Hardy yeah. who needs a walker to get down the ramp. And I love Matt Hardy, guys. Don't get me wrong when I say this stuff. Like, don't take this the wrong way. Matt Hardy version 1.0, like the Matt facts, Mattitude, I loved it. The deletion, the final deletion, I love it. The Hardy boys back when they were tag team, I love it. I am such a huge Matt Hardy fan. This is time wins, though. You can't look at that guy and not say, like, he needs a double hip replacement. Yeah, like, it's, he's he's a, what's the, what's the phrase? He's a shadow of a form himself. Yeah. And he can get, he can get away with just psychology of it, I guess, because he's the champ. But, like, but the thing at is, what point, like, you don't missing need, the point. We just had back-to-back matches on Raw two weeks in a row where Matt Hardy has to take a loss to a championship title contender to set up a championship match. Now you have his tag team partner was in a car wreck and they, they, they reasoned with themselves, you know, he's pretty beat up after a car wreck. Maybe he won't have a match this week on raw. If you have a tag team division that has so many teams, we never even see. Never see. Why not have your number one contenders not be in a match with your champion on Raw. Save your champion for the pay-per-view. Especially when it's Matt Hardy. Champion says, my contract says I have to defend my title every 30 days. 
Now, in Brock Lesnar's case, it's his contract clause is a little bit different. But he's if you're Matt Hardy, yeah, he's got 30 days. If you're Matt Hardy, you say, I got 30 days to defend my championship. I just defended it at the last pay-per-view. Someone defended it at the next pay-per-view. That's what we're talking about with AJ Styles last week. Like, why would he ever show up to these events? Yeah. Like, so, and if you if you are the B team and you're the you win a number one contender's battle royal, that's great. I don't think you should win it the first week after the last pay-per-view. I think you should the B team should win a match against Titus Worldwide. Worldwide? I think the B team should win a match against Heath Slater and Rhino. I don't think the B team should be winning matches, period. But I agree with discussion. you. I mean, I agree with if you. If we live in a if, world that they have to. If you're going in that yeah. direction, yeah. then have them win a tag match against the Ascension. Mm-hmm. Have them win a tag match against Titus Worldwide. Yeah, let them climb the ladder. And let them climb the ladder. Let them get a couple of wins. Tell the story of how, like, wow, they got two wins in a row. Yeah, then the have them win the tag team battle royal. It's unexpected. It's a surprise. You didn't think they were going to win, but they won. Now they're going to face the champions at the pay-per-view. They are as unready for the champions as the champions are for them. But the champions are always ready. That's why they're the champions. Exactly. Because they bring anybody. Mm-hmm. That means Matt Hardy doesn't have to break his body every single week on TV. And it's a better storyline. And it's a better storyline. Isn't that and crazy? You, you can put, live in a world that everyone wins and we just don't do it? And you put Cesaro and Sheamus on television. I don't care if they win or they lose. If they have to lose, tell the story of why they lost. Yeah. Maybe they, they've they been together a long time. Three years, I think. They were a good team, and they were a good team that started being a good team because they were at odds, and eventually they got on the same page. Mm-hmm. They've been a team for a long time. Maybe they start losing matches because they're not on the same page anymore. Maybe. Maybe there's some division in the ranks. Maybe, Maybe they should just do something with this trash tag team division on Raw. Yeah, but but why not, why not have situations i mean Seamus and cesaro on smackdown but sorry yeah. i just wanted to throw that i just wanted to clarify that for our listeners that yeah. think we're confused about who's on what i ain't gonna lie to you i was confused but, but mostly because i haven't seen them any either one in a month probably yeah but but my point being like if you've got the ascension you've got titus worldwide you've got heath slater and rhino you've got the b team you've got tag teams out there you got ziggler and mcintyre still too like you've got tag teams out there that heck you have all this pain don't you you have primo and epico as you mentioned i mean You've got tag teams out there that mm-hmm. can have matches on Raw that can lead to title matches at pay-per-views, and your champions don't have to lose matches every single week on Raw. Exactly. And guys who don't need to be taking top rope or middle rope bumps every single week what a, don't have to. What they do, man, and I can definitively tell you, well, I, can't, I guess I can't tell you it's true, but I can tell you observation leads me to believe nothing else is an option. Instead of building someone up, to be a legitimate threat to these guys, they try to bring the champs down mm-hmm. to be a legitimate threat to lose these guys. Yeah, they could. I mean, they could definitely lose because I just saw Matt Hardy lose in a minute. Exactly. So that's just the route they take. Instead of making the champ look strong and then build up these guys to also be strong and have Titans collide, they just bring these guys down and have just two regular people collide. Yeah, and I would. And much, that does. I don't. It doesn't. It doesn't. I would much rather see Nakamura. After, um, you know, after losing in a in a war against AJ Styles, I would rather see Nakamura beat his way through a couple of mid level guys a couple weeks in a row to get a championship. And should I just say, yeah, you say, you know what? I wasn't ready. I just came over here a little bit ago, and there's a little bit, it's a little bit different than what I'm used to. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take a step back. 
I need to get a little more broad scope of experience, mm-hmm. and I need to be ready for different tactics. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go fight this guy. Of course I'm gonna beat him. Yeah, that's not what I'm here to do. Of course I'm gonna win. Yeah, I just want to learn some things that he might try. So maybe there's something that he'll teach me while I beat him that I can take away that I can use against AJ Styles. And I'm gonna do that. And yeah. then you're gonna win that feud. And then you're gonna apply the same logic to another feud. And now you've been, you've told the story that you've gotten better. And that's why you'll be able to compete now instead of the old story of these guys are worse. You know, the, they, they bring the champs down instead of lifting the challengers up. And it, it, it's faulty because it, it just doesn't make sense. So speaking of WWE booking, yeah. last week, Natalia with Nia Jackson in her corner mm-hmm. beat Alexa with Mickey James in her corner. Yeah. This week, in a dramatic turn of events, Nia Jax with Natalia in her corner defeated Mickey James with Alexa in her corner. 50-50, baby. So, there was that. Nothing. Braun Strowman beat Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens using the close-to-the-mark championship tactic. Roll out of the ring. I might come back. Wait until I get counted out. I'm See done. ya. I'm done, yeah. Wasn't Seth in the match, too? No, it was just Braun and Kevin. I thought Seth was in that, man. No, Seth was getting killed in the match with the Revival. Yo, I, maybe I've lost my mind here because I feel like that was when he put him in the porta potty. Yeah. I thought that was the beginning of the show. No, that was the end of the show. Um, Very end of the show. Uh, Owens ran from the arena to get counted out, which means Braun wins. Mm-hmm. Braun waited long enough to collect the W, then went and gave chase. At that point, Kevin had made it back out to his rental car. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, you're right. But he lost his keys because he left his ring gear inside. So he hid in the porta potty. Braun duct taped the porta potty, dragged it back inside, pushed over the stairs. Like, what? Did, I mean, I like Braun Strowman. Like, uh-huh. I'm a fan. Yeah. But, like, why do you got to discredit your dude so much? Well, just to, like, Kevin Owens is not a slouch in the power rankings and the hierarchy here. And, like, what do you gain by having, like, how in the world you more have the Mojo Rawley clothes that being more serious is the key to make it to the top? Then you have your former Universal Champion getting duct taped to a porta potty because he was running away from this challenge. Like, if you're Kevin Owens, I understand Braun Strowman's a beast. I get it. And mm-hmm. I understand Kevin Owens' character work is, is great. But if but you like, are, if I have been a champion, you have not. Why am I afraid of you? Yeah, and, and I'm going to be honest. If you're Kevin Owens, who's displayed some heelish tactics and tendencies in the past, if... Taking a shit's going to knock him around. kicking him in the dick. At, well, I'll tell you one thing. At this point, if I'm Kevin Owens, and I've seen this guy flip cars and ambulances and other things, flip an entire lighting rig exactly. and all this other stuff, yeah, I might be afraid of him. But you know what that's going to lead me to do? Use non-traditional me. tactics because he's not a non—he's not a traditional opponent. It's going to lead me to a rash decision in which I'm going to hit that man with an 18-wheeler. Exactly. Like I'm. Going that's at. the only thing. If I'm Kevin Owens, that's the only thing left in my mind that will end this. Exactly. Like, I need to take him out. I need to take him out. And like, and quit this whole "I'm nervous when I see you" type thing. Why don't you like? Does he forget that he can sneak up on Braun? Did he forget about that? I mean, I, like, I wouldn't sneak up on him. I would... I'd sneak up on him. I would kick him in the back I'd, of a knee and blow out his knee. I'd put him in my headlights, and I'd hit the air horn on the 18-wheeler, and I'd drive right over. Something. Like, I mean, if I got a match with Braun, and it's the main event, guarantee you you're going to see a snippet of him standing at the urinal, 
and me dressed in something that doesn't look like it's me, and I'm kicking him directly inside of the knee and blowing out his knee. And when he comes stumbling down to the ring, it looks a little better now. And when they say who did it, I'm pulling one of those uh, NXT Hideo Itami, I don't know who did it type things. Remember when he got beat up in the parking lot? Mm-hmm. Who ever did that? Did they ever say who did that? I don't know. I don't know either. But that's what I'm doing. Like, like how many times, how many weeks in a row can you get taunted by this dude the first 30 minutes of the show? And then can you just aimlessly wander, wander around waiting for something to happen and then just be horribly surprised, confused, and scared when it happens, but never once did you take the proactive approach of thinking, this dude's going to try to do something crazy. And Maybe look, I should beat him to it. We're never going to see this on WWE television again because it was one of the most controversial angles they ever did. I actually just put it on Twitter this week. When, when Stone Cold Steve Austin invaded Brian Pillian, Pillman's home. So... Austin and Pillman had a feud. Okay, let's go. And Austin was taking it to extremes. He was doing just what Braun Strowman's doing to Kevin Owens. Just taunting him all the time. Taunting like, with him and taunting. Relentless. Mm-hmm. And Pillman knew, like, I, I can't get away from this guy. Like, it got to the point that Pillman was at home with his family, and he actually got a couple of his buddies to keep an eye out outside of his house. Knock, knock. Austin shows up. Beats the crap out of his buddies in his front yard. Goes, knocks on the front door like a Jehovah's Witness saying, excuse me. We're here. Yeah. (laughs) Do you have a moment to talk about 205 Live? (laughs) That's what I put up there on Twitter. Yeah, I know. You're proud of that one. (laughs) But then Austin just says, you know what? I'm not even going to wait to see if you have a minute. I'm going to kick in the back door. I'm going to come inside. I'm going to talk to you about 205 Live. Wanted style. Yes. No taken style. Yes. So he, he smashes in the back door. Breaks out the glass, unlocks the door, comes just bold as brass, charging into Brian Pillman's, Pillman's home where his wife and kids are. Beat him up in front of his wife and kids. No, Pillman pulled a gun. He said, <laughs> Did he really? Yes. <laughs> Did he really? Yes. That's awesome. Pulled a gun and fired it straight at the camera. Did he really? Yes. Because wow, he pulled a gun. Because I'm done with it. He pulled the loose cannon. He said, Steve Austin is terrorizing me. Next time he shows up, I'm going to settle it. <laughs> and that, I mean, like, that's going to be sick. But that's the point that we're at. He pulled a gun. He pulled a gun. I mean, it was the craziest ending. I was just talking about UFC with David yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we were talking about that Nagura. What's his name? Naganu. Naganu. We were talking, like, what were we doing if we got to fight him? And you know me. I'm over here talking real tactics. I'm like, I'm going to duck the left. I'm going to throw the right. Something dumb, right? David's like, man. You fight dude like that, you just got to pull the gun. Yeah. Some fights you can't win. Yeah. Just shoot him in the chest. It's called an equalizer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Pillman was known as the loose cannon. He pulled out the cannon. He let loose. <laughs> What's Steve Austin do? Steve Austin. Well, that's the thing. Is like It was the dramatic ending of Raw. So like we had a couple rounds fired right past the camera, and then the camera went dark. Like Maybe the camera got hit. <laughs> fade to black everything we have no idea what's going on that's a cliffhanger that's a cliffhanger you need that yeah man. Look, let me ask you real quick then. usa network said yeah don't do that again probably immediately yeah what happened when uh bray wyatt kidnapped roman's kid because that was even, a good angle i don't even remember that though i, I mean, think they just cut it off yeah I think they said they're done like that's kidnapping children it's a sex crime and well they because no it was weird because they had her in that commercial they had his daughter in that direct TV commercial, mm-hmm. and they played the direct TV commercial, I think, and then like it went dark, and Bray Wyatt snatched her up. 
that's a good angle. Mm-hmm. You know, and then they just stopped. I think that's when he got the mumps or something. Yeah. But the real, like, the real human reaction to that situation is going to be... Get a gun. Yeah, like, this has to stop. And, you know, if you're, like, a real danger to my life and my livelihood and you're relentless and you don't stop and I just see you, you're like the shark from Jaws. You can't be reasoned with, (laughs) you know, you just keep coming. Now I can say, smile, you son of a blank and shoot you. And that'll end it. Yeah. Or I can be shark bait. You can be a victim. Kevin Owens right now is bait. A bait, and he's just okay with it every single week. Yeah, and at some point, you gotta like break out the heavy artillery and take this guy out. Because if I wonder how much freedom you get, because like you, I mean, like with it being a live show, I guess those segments are pre-recorded typically. But like, obviously, no one's gonna tell you to do that. But if you're Kevin Owens and you see the path your characters are on, because mm-hmm. you're just getting bullied by this dude, and one week you say, "I just pulled the gun," point at him. Yeah, and you say, "I'm done." Obviously, it's going to be great television. It's going to get talked about tremendously. Sure. But Vincent tell you to do that. Right. So how much trouble do you get in the Kevin Owens? You might get fired. You think so? I mean, they... But, you, but you're getting booked in the independence. Oh, yeah. Well after that. Oh, like, yeah. But like I mean, you're the dude that like go any lengths. Yeah. But I mean, like despite everything that they said contributed, like it is known that a part of what led to Big Cast being released was like directly disobeying Vince. And that's something like Very, that's the world in general. Generally, when you're your boss, what show were we? I was watching uh, the show Moneyball, the movie Moneyball. You ever seen it? Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, with Brad Pitt and Chris Pratt. And yeah, all the them. development of the Oakland A's. Yeah, and there was there was a time and something that I struggled with myself. They're all sitting at the table, and everyone's arguing with Brad Pitt, who's the general manager on the team. Mm-hmm. And the old dude sitting at the table, he was like, he was like, "Whoa, everyone, we need to slow down here and really understand what this is." We make suggestions. He makes decisions. And that's a really good way to look at it, which is probably basic and simple to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I've always struggled with that. And that's like the big cast line. Mm -hmm. Big cast was making suggestions. But then the issue came when he started making decisions. Yeah. You You know, you make a decision, you got to live with the consequences. Exactly. So, yeah. But yeah, that was that was raw. Yeah. Um, SmackDown, what we had? We had the pancake contest? Well, we had the Jeff Hardy open challenge with The Miz. Yay. Not a bad match. It wasn't a bad match, but it was never, it never seemed like Miz. No. Um, we had Asuka versus Ellsworth. Which he just ran. Well, he got hit a couple times. That um, he was, either he was out of place or Asuka was out of place for that spinning back fist. Because normally she does really well with that yeah, spinning back fist. Yeah, yeah. But she was probably nervous that she could take his head off because... Well, James Ellsworth, he has no chin. We know that. So. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah, she was like, I aiming for the chin and missed. That could be it. That's, but I mean, so he ran out of the ring. She she gave chase. They both got counted out. Isn't it crazy to think this though? James Ellsworth took more offense from AJ Styles, got up and super kicked him. Yeah, but I mean, when he took off a minimal amount of offense from Oscar, rolled away and straight up ran away. Mm-hmm. Which means if you're the continue, if you're the continued. What's the word? Continuity. Continuity editor. Oscar. You're straight up saying Oscar AJ Styles book. Yeah. You that's never know. Need to con- that's why I need to continue. Editing. We we might get there someday. I think we. I think I think when they did that Ronda Triple H thing, I think they were testing the water to see like what a reaction would be, because I think we might get that eventually. I think there will be intergender 
I don't think we'll ever make it to like a straight intergender China versus Jeff Jarrett, but I think we'll see intergender tag matches that the dude ends up wrestling the girl. See, the one thing about it is I feel like it's known that the closed fist is officially like not a legal move in wrestling. Like you're not supposed to hit somebody with a closed fist. Ronda does not. But it happens all the time. I mean, like nobody pays any attention to that rule. You get closed fists in wrestling constantly. Mm -hmm. And I think just honestly, like in the modern era, the idea of any man hitting a woman with a closed fist on television, even if it's an interview. That's why I thought they were doing Triple H did. Remember? Because they they like made a point for him like to square up and like bob and weave super closed fist tight and like. He threw the punch, but of course he ducked it that yeah. went hard on him. But I think they might have just been testing the water with that spot to see how people would react. Yeah, I just I don't think it's going to happen. I think it will happen. Um, we got uh, AJ Styles versus Aiden English uh, because we have AJ versus Rusev coming up pay-per-view. Um, it was a pretty quick win and kind of an out of nowhere win for Styles with Calf Crusher. But of course we I had... I mean, did you expect a... a, a no, I mean, like it was just a... It was, it was very, like... It did not make it did not do Aiden English any favors. No. He got he got put in the calf crusher very easily and he tapped out very and he quickly. He tapped out very quickly. Yeah. So uh Rude. after afterwards we get some some post match um action with Rusev um hitting I, styles, mm -hmm. hit him with the Moscow kick, lock, locked on the accolade, put him out. That's it. Um we got um the iconics trash talking Becky Lynch said she couldn't uh couldn't beat anybody, couldn't beat them. And uh, um, Peyton Royce said, yeah, you you beat Billy last week, but you won't beat me this week. Billy didn't seem too happy with that whole line. But nope. Becky came back and said she's on a hot streak recently. She pointed out how many people she's beaten recently. People listen to us. Yeah. And uh, I'll tell you, uh, we, we're going to talk about that in a couple more minutes, too, because there's another thing that just came up and got mentioned on Squared Circle. I said I felt like it's taken right from this podcast. We'll but, get to it. Um but uh, Lynch did get the win in a pretty sloppy match. Somebody, I, you know, I heard somebody point out recently that Becky Lynch can't jump. And <laughs> that caught me on guard. What do you mean? Like physically can't? Or she like physically not can't jump. Like, I mean, she's just, her jumps, like, she's got like a. When does she jump? She throws drop kicks. She just doesn't get high? She gets like, I don't know, 14, 15 inches up. <laughs> She drop kicks him in the thigh. Yeah, pretty much. Like there's a there was a she on her on her Twitter and Instagram feed. She like put out an Instagram story of her match and like how hot she's been recently and how she won that match. And she put up the picture of her throwing a drop kick. And she was like, "Here's me hitting her with a drop kick. At least I think that's what I'm doing in this photo." <laughs> well, I don't think you were because it's like no drop kick I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, that's that's like a slide. It's a double foot slide. Yeah. But uh, Becky Lynch did get the win with the Disarmer, so she's on a little bit of a hot streak. <clears throat> maybe, maybe up in contention for a match with uh, with Asuka somewhere here in the future, mm -hmm. um, or uh, I guess Carmella. Actually, Carmella is the current champion. We might. She does not get that very high off the ground. No, she can't jump. She can't jump. She can't jump. So wow. So that's a weird angle too. Yeah. So Becky Lynch, uh, like. Like, um, I feel like the can't jump thing is about to go a direction. And there's nothing we can do to stop it. Well, I mean, I grew up in the era of, um, God, who was it? I mean, I know Woody Harrelson was in it. Who was the other guy in the movie? What movie? White Men Can't Jump. Now, let's move on. 
Okay. Okay. <laughs> what happened next? Team Hell No versus the Usos. The Usos had the line of the night. Uh-huh. They said, oh, they hugging. They yeah. hugging. And he said, Us, give me a hug. Give me another hug. They said, we hug four times. That means we got four championship opportunities. Yeah. That was gold. Although Gold. That was gold, although close behind. Was Daniel Bryan was like, you tried to duck my wife. Was when Daniel Bryan and Kane were talking about everything that's happened since 2012. Yeah. And he said, you tombstone me right you there. You tombstone me on steel steps. <laughs> yeah. You tombstone me through the announce table. <laughs> yeah. You tombstone me on the concrete. <laughs> yeah. And you, it wasn't even a match. You tried to abduct my wife. <laughs> yeah. Well, I tried. Yeah. He sounded so, it sounded so authentic, didn't it? And then he said, then Kane, he said, you need to apologize to me. And, and Kane was like, I apologize. For what? For everything. Yeah. Daniel, you're like a brother to me. Daniel looked at him and said, you set your brother on fire. Yeah, exactly. That was that was good. Like Daniel Bryan, I don't, I don't, uh, I think the draw of Daniel Bryan is he takes it so seriously. It's, he takes it so seriously, but like good. Oh yeah, that it seems he's, real. He's playing the character, and the character's taking it seriously. Exactly. Like he is. Yeah. Like he is Daniel Bryan. Yeah. You know. So he was like, like even like the little inflection in his voice when he, he said. You tried to abduct my wife. Yeah. You know, like he was actually. You left a disemboweled squirrel on my front step. Yeah, like he couldn't, he he was just so confused and so taken aback that, like, how are we not discussing this? That, like, yeah. it was, he was confused. Why do you think we're just friends again? Yeah, exactly. He was so confused by this situation. Yeah. Because it seemed so obvious to him. Mm -hmm. But it seemed so obvious to him, he couldn't understand. Why it wasn't obvious to Kane as well. Yeah. And that's where the confusion came in. So I like that segment a lot. But, but the but the Usos did take it. Though. Yeah. He said, Are we hugging? Yeah. <laughs> but Team Hell No, still a great team. The combination of Kane and Daniel Bryan is awesome. And yeah. they did get the win on the Usos. Kane got the double choke slam. Mm -hmm. And then we got um The double know. choke slam is stupid. Yeah. It's so stupid. I'm done. Yo, give me 45 seconds, please. Okay. Everything we know about wrestling. Yeah. I'm okay with flying nothings. Uh-huh. I'm okay with flying nothings, but please explain to me how you do a frog splash to a dude laying on the ground, and he catches you laying on the ground like your momentum doesn't matter anymore. Because he's superhuman. But how he's, did but that same superhuman god strength, how did he end up getting put on the ground? How how is he so weak he gets mighty and put on the ground? But he catches two dudes. That and was that was a double super kick. I mean, that was a super super kick. So no, it was they went for the frog splash. Yeah, but it was a double. So how they land on their feet? No, well, see that ah. was, that was Kane. Oh, their momentum catching them with his supernatural power, and okay. when he grabbed them in the wrap of the choke, he was pushing up. And it meant that their like heads were back up in so a higher their... position than their feet. But now we have to talk decision: how long is his arms versus? Because I feel like that would make your stomach hit the ground first. He's got long arms. Huh? I guess he has long arms. All dude. That was trash. Yeah, they need to. I've you've seen the spot ten million times, and that one's got to go because, I mean, you can't. They turned the frog splash into a flying nothing. Yeah, which is stupid. Yeah, like when they jumped. Their feet were parallel with the ground. So you knew they weren't hitting the frog splash. So what else was going to happen? If you had to guess. 
They're getting double choke slammed. Yeah, which they did. It was trash. Well, Team Hell No versus the Bludgeon Brothers, that's pre-show material. But it's an intriguing match just to see, like, I feel like the one thing that I fear is that our boys, the Bludgeon Brothers, who uh, are acquaintances, are, I feel like we're not friends with them. Well, I don't think, yeah, I, I don't think they anybody's friends with them. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, we see them in the streets. We see them at T-Mobile. Yeah, oh, quite often, actually. It's a nod. No, they definitely do. They do up, not or down, down. Yeah, they're more like very, very small though, like five degrees. Yeah, and it's definitely paired with a grunt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. All right. Yeah. You got, got the new iPhone? Mm. No, down, not up. Charles went up there. I see. I I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like Usos are up. Yeah. And Mark Henry's up. I feel like Our Usos are way up. up, way up. I mean, it's a, it's a confidence thing. I feel like the Usos, if you take the normal neck and chin angle, they hit at least 45 degrees with the chin. Like, their their ears probably almost touch their shoulders. Yeah. What up? Oos. Yo, I found out that the Usos called Daniel Bryan Oos. I thought Oos was a word for them talking to each other. Like, what up, Oos? You're my Oos. Yeah. Well, but Oos actually just means... Cousin. No, bro, I think. Cousin. Oh, is that what it means? Yeah. Because he called Daniel Bryan Oos. Yeah. I see, I, I didn't think it worked like that. I thought Oos was just. No, it's like you say, what up, cuz? Ah, I guess so. I just I caught me off guard. I always yeah. thought Oos was just Ooses. You know, the Oosos mm-hmm. use the Oos to create their Ooses, and the Ooses are only used between the Oosos. But when he threw an Oos at Daniel Bryan, I didn't know what to do with it. What was that word? This is the just this is just throwing me off because I'm just thinking of like Bill and Ted talking about evil robot usses, and I'm thinking evil robot ooses. <laughs> ooses. Ooze. Uh, Ooze. All right, let's keep rolling. So uh the rest of the week in wrestling, we did get some cool stuff on 205 Live. No great surprise there. Um TJP came out and, and talked about how finally um He Drake- quit dabbing. Finally, Drake Maverick is listening to him and is going to get him some real competition. He doesn't know who his opponent is, but he's been told he's got a real match against a real opponent. And Noam Dar, who made his return at the UK Championship Tournament. He's uh, good, too. I like him. Made his return against TJP and cleaned TJP's clock. Did he really? Hit him with a flying kick, put him out. So TJP's recent undefeated streak. Like, actually out? Like, one, like it was a botch? One, or two, you, no, I mean, it, I, okay, I, gotcha. I think it all went right. Okay, gotcha. One, two, three, TJP out. And um, the, so TJ Perkins, who's been on this real hot streak recently. Now, admittedly, he's been beating a lot of nobodies. Mm-hmm. But he's been on a real hot streak recently. Now, he's been undefeated for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. Gone. And all of a sudden, this guy, Noam Dar. So was Noam Dar the beast or was TJP lucky? For history. Well, but this is kind of what we've talked about on the show. Mm-hmm. Like how you can take guys and put them on a hot streak. And you don't have to be undefeated for two years. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't have to be Goldberg or Asuka. Mm-hmm. You can just have somebody who's on a hot streak for two months. Yeah. Doesn't lose for two months. He's hot. When somebody beats that guy. It feels like a big deal. It does feel like a big deal. And it feels like Noam Dar is somewhere. I'll tell you what we know about Noam Dar on the hierarchy of this show. He's better than TJP, and he's better than everybody that TJP beat. So there's only three, four guys above him. So there's a handful of people that might be competition for him, but yeah. he's definitely something. And that's how you build somebody. It's like you build somebody up, 
And then you transfer that heat by having them go after a title right. and win or lose or have somebody else beat them and it elevates that person. I agree 100%. Um, so on that subject, um, we got a match between Akira Kazawa. They're mm. trying to build him back up after the uh, the the match with Atami that he lost. He and Atami split up. Atami had to go after a title match, yep. which is uh, coming up next week on 205 Live. We get Itami versus um, Cedric Alexander. So uh, Tozawa will beat a guy named Jason Strife. Jason Strife didn't have a bad look. I think he, he might actually be a good WWE developmental talent. Like, he, he might actually have something. Um, not your, not your purest, purest jobber, but fair enough, but he, he, he not jobbed original. in this, he, jo- he jobbed in this match. He did a job, but he's not a jobber. Yeah. So then we got our main event, our half of the show main event. We're going to let Charles talk now. Knock, knock. Who's there? 205 live. What you got for me, Charles? <laughs> I have a match. Tell me, tell me, tell me. Hit me with a knock, knock joke one time. This is great. Knock, knock. Come in. All right, you can keep talking. <laughs> That's good, wasn't it? I walked into the door. <laughs> yeah. All right, so 205 Live. These guys are cruiserweights in the land of giants, mm-hmm. which means... He's 215. He's 215. Buddy Murphy's 215. No, 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 but I'm saying 205 Live, the roster. They're okay. cruiserweights. Kayfabe, okay. Okay, but they're they're smaller guys... In the land of Canes and Baron Corbins. That's fair. I'll and authors of pain. Guys Aller. who do not weigh 205 pounds. They weigh half. Double. Double. Yeah. Individually. Individually, yeah. Um, so these guys are smaller guys. And in Vince McMahon's world, that means they don't get the kind of spotlight that your bigger guys do. Even if your bigger guys are not as good. Mm-hmm. So we won't see a 205 live match at a WWE pay-per-view. We're not going to see the Cruiserweight Championship defended except maybe a handful of times a year at a WWE pay-per-view. We get WrestleMania pre-show. We got the UK uh, championship tournament. WrestleMania pre-show. Yeah. But but we're not going to see we, – we, it's two years in a row. That the, Better not be no car, period. Oh, I agree. But, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, if you're going to put on a seven-hour wrestling show, I hope you have time for one Cruiserweight match. But anyway, top two talent. They're not going to be at Extreme Rules. You're not going to see the Cruiserweight Championship match at Extreme Rules. Instead, you're going to get it on free TV on the network um, and on Hulu. Uh, but we got our Extreme Rules pay per view match this week when we had Mustafa Ali against Buddy Murphy in a no DQ match. I saw the snippets and I can say it was really good. Meltzer gave it 4.5 stars and said, really, the only reason it wasn't five stars was because of Dead Crowd. And From what dead, I watched, though, it seemed more spotty than wrestling. It wasn't, though. That's the thing. Is like I would say that if it weren't for the fact that the match started with the kind of old-school Bret Hart-Steve Austin heat, where these guys are so intense in their feud right now. Like, Buddy Murphy and Mustafa Ali have some serious problems between two of them. Heart, soul. Like, like these guys have enmity. They, they, have, they have heat. Mm-hmm. So when they went at it, they started the match off with a brawl, and that brawl went outside the ring. The brawl went into the crowd, uh, and it started to involve some aerial maneuvers even in the crowd. But that's because these guys are flyers. Mm-hmm. You uh, you got um, you know some some serious hard hitting offense. Uh, you know the knee strikes, the forearm strikes, and everything that you're used to from from the two hundred five live style these days. But you also got. Um, you know, as the match went on, you got stuff you weren't expecting. 
Like you got Buddy Murphy flying over the top rope to the outside of the ring. Not the kind of thing you typically see from Buddy Murphy, the juggernaut of 205 Live. Spotty. You got you got Mustafa Ali running from the floor to the announce table to the barricade and hitting a Spanish fly to the announce table. Looks sweet, but I don't got to say the word. Well, I mean, you know, if you're going to break down every wrestling match is a collection of spots. I, mean, well, I know that, but when I was watching it, it seemed like there was a spot every 15 seconds. But I, I don't think that was the story of the match. I mean, I think that might have been, you know. Sort of matches they would go to any lengths they had to go to to win. Yeah. Which usually involved spots. And, I mean, that's that's going to be like like Okada Omega when you talk. When don't you, say Okada Omega because I was going to talk about Okada Omega. Well, if you, you watch the first one, the first, like, 30 minutes of it is almost boring. Yeah, but my, my point is when you watch Okada Omega and you just watch, like, the last 10, 15 minutes. That's all it is is spots. Yeah, but because the 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 build to the spots what made it so well. Great. That's what I would say about this match. This match was the maybe third. it's because it's it's probably scales right in the time because it was an hour long match. It was a half hour match, and so you would cut everything in half from the Omega Okada. Okay, that's fair. And the other thing is, this is the third in the trilogy between these two. That's fair. I, you know, that's fair. Um, so it was a great. I mean, it was a great match. I really can't recommend highly enough that you, that you go out of your way to watch this match. It was fantastic. <laughs> Uh, four and a half stars. I wish the crowd had been hot just so that these guys would have got the five star match that they earned. Um, let's talk about NXT this week. Um, we had, um, uh, a, more development of the story, uh, between what's been going on with, uh, Chiampa and Black. Mm-hmm. Um, in three weeks, we're getting a title match on NXT between Tommaso Chiampa and Alistair Black. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also going to get next week Adam Cole defending the North American Championship against Danny Birch because, as we know, Oni Lorcan has a fractured orbital socket. Crazy. So he's going to be out for a little while. And Danny Birch said, "Well, if you're so convinced that like you guys are better than us, why don't you put your money where your mouth is? Put your title on the line, one on one versus me." Yeah, that's good. Um, we got Shayna Baszler coming out just to cut a promo on the fact that she's better than everybody. Yay. Um, we got um, the the mighty. So the heavy machinery was cutting a, a segment, a, a backstage promo on how hard they were working to get ready for their match with um, the mighty, their rematch against the mighty steaks and weights, yep. eating meat and lifting big, heavy stuff. But um, Tucker got attacked at the gym or possibly something went haywire with his lift, because what we saw was Tucker Knight back in the gym with a ton of weights and chains and all kinds of other stuff collapsed on top of him. Dear God. Um, we had a one-on-one match, Dakota Kai versus Santana Garrett. Um, Dakota Kai um, got a, a pretty straightforward win. Um, when we got our match, um, Tucker Knight was not capable of making it to the ring, which meant Otis Dozovich had a one-on-one match. No, I'm sorry, had a handicap match on his yeah. hands. Two-on-one, the mighty Shane Thorne, Nick Miller. Isn't Shane Thorne the guy who was in TM61, though? Well, the mighty are TM61. Oh, they don't call him TM61? TM61 have now changed to oh, the mighty. Gotcha. Because they are the mighty and the mighty don't need them. Fair enough. So, um... Two-on-one match against Dozovich. Dozovich held his own for a long time, um, but eventually two-on-one odds. 
he was looking at one guy, the other guy hit him with a lariat in the back of the head. Mm, game over. Yeah. Lights Did out. you see Samoa Joe's thing about lariats versus clotheslines? Yeah. What did he say? He says, he says, you hit people with a clothesline. No, no. He said, no, a clothesline. You run into a clothesline, a lariat runs into you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. That was funny. Um, we got um, Velveteen Dream uh, versus Chris Dijak, a.k.a. Donovan Dijak. Um, Why do I know that name? He's been a big into big time indie wrestler. Um, I think he, he actually was on Impact for a little while. But as Donovan Dijak, I know he's wrestled quite a few independent uh, big time matches. Um, he's now in um, NXT, and we'll see how he develops. Um, but um, but we did get um, uh, Dream hitting the uh, the float over DDT for the win. Yep. Um, we got um, uh, another title match announced for next week. Undisputed Era are exercising their rematch clause and taking on uh, Mustache Mountain, Trent Seven, and Tyler Bate, which means next week on NXT, we will get North American champion Adam Cole defending his belt yeah. against uh, Danny Burch, and we'll also get Mustache Mountain defending against uh, Undisputed. So... Next week, they end up with all the belts. Undisputed the could games. era, could, undisputed era could wind up with all the championship gold again, or None they could walk away with nothing, or one and one. Yeah, which is the more likely one because I feel like title changes happen at takeovers more often. I feel like I don't know. I feel like when's the last title change that did not happen at takeover? Well, I don't know. It seems like it does happen. I guess. I guess the mustache mouth. That's it. Well, that was sort of. A, I mean, it was a. It was takeover London. It was the second night of. Yeah, um, but it like wasn't as big. No. Yeah. Um, then we got uh, Johnny Gargano versus EC3, mm-hmm. and the story of this match was the story of big guy versus little guy of Johnny Gargano turning into the thing that he hates, and Gargano can't let go of the dark side that this feud with Tommaso Ciampa has brought out of him. So you see Johnny wrestling is now going to extremes that we haven't seen before from him, like refusing to break a hold Ooh. when his opponent gets to the ropes. Can't beat him, join him. Yeah. And uh, he's he's turned to the dark side. In point of fact, he was thinking about how to put away EC3 and perhaps recalling what Tommaso Ciampa did to him. He hit EC3 with the draping DDT. Ooh. That took him out. Ooh. And, uh, Did it take out EC3? It took out EC3. Wow. So Gar- Gargano is your winner, but he's not the same Johnny Wrestling we've known before. At least Gargano. Yeah. And uh, and who knows? I mean, this is going some interesting places. Obviously, Candice LeRae can't be happy with this new Johnny Gargano. I didn't marry this guy. Not the man I married. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, where will this lead? Um with regards to Tommaso Ciampa, who has a title match coming up with Aleister Black. Have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. We'll, we'll cover it when we get to it. Amen. Um, so one one last thing to mention here. Let's go to the big news. So the... Um, Close to the mark. Entrance music. Tournament. Tournament. Eliminator. Eliminator. Good Lord. I'm calling it Eliminator, dude. Right. I'm, Vince is going to know that I'm company man. So All if he hears it, he'll bring me on board. Yeah. He probably won't bring you because you always want to call it a tournament. For the sake of continuity, let's call it Eliminator. Well, the tournament Eliminator. The turn. 
We're eliminating tournaments? Yeah. Every one of those is a mini tournament. Okay. So, um, in the tournament eliminator to determine who has the greatest wrestling entrance theme of all time. All time. The first round is up. We had... Um, the well, num- the first the first section is up. The first round is up. Oh, that's true. The first round is actually a total of 32 matches, and we've had our first eight matches. We have eight settled. Right. And uh, the second eight are actually live right now as you're listening to this. Yep. On Facebook, facebook.com slash podcast. Yep. Or on Twitter at CTTM Podcast. Check out our profile. You can see the polls. Yeah. Easy peasy. You just click on the one you think is on the one. Just pick whichever well, the one. the one you want to win. Not yeah. The one you think is win. Yeah. Pick the one you like. Um, so for last week's contest, um, we had the NWO, the number one seed. Um, just based, this is, remember, this is all just based on win percentages. Yep. This is not the likelihood that we think they are to win the tournament. And it's not necessarily like our favorite or, you know, who we want. No, this is just based on win percentages. Based on fair, win percentages arbitrary. Alone. Uh, NWO, the number one seed, beat Slick. But uh, to be fair, you would think if they have really good entrance music, it means they're a really good character and it's very famous. And the famous and over people should win more. So I think there should be a little more. I think it should be tied to popularity some. But there there have been some surprises. What happened? Tell them. So Stone Cold Steve Austin, mm-hmm. he got the win. And that was a... Who did he beat? Um, who did he beat? Um, we'll have to... Didn't he beat, uh, Chalala? Didn't he beat... Fandango? No, I think, uh... I'm gonna find out who he beat. I feel like that's important. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I kind of agree. I'm, I'm pulling it up. So he beat, uh, Three Minute Warning. Gotcha. Rosie and Jamal. All right. Um, nobody, myself included, and that's a tragedy... Voted for the three-minute warning theme song. But again, shout out to my boys, Too Skinny J, for providing that song three minutes. I'm still a fan. Uh, we got Edge um, with a win over Rob Van Dam. So Metalingus moves mm. on to the next round. Decisive victory. Chris Jericho beat Bret Hart in a one-on-one match. Mm-hmm. Break the walls down, beat uh, Heart Attack. Yep. Um, Christian. Christian just beat Dusty Rhodes. The common man boogie is kind of the first great classic knocked out of the tournament. Christian took him out. Just close your eyes. Got the win on that one. Big. Um, the Hardys beat Shinsuke Nakamura. That's one I'm happy with, but I'm surprised at the results. I didn't see that coming. Uh, Rising Sun is a cool theme song. I thought one make a. I thought that one go a long ways. But loaded, uh, loaded moves on to the next round. Um, Kurt Angle's. Classic theme, mm-hmm. metal. Is that that one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Beat um, Lita's Love, Fury, Passion, Energy. Um, so Kurt Angle and metal move on. Possibly the biggest upset in the tournament so far. I mean, well, certainly the biggest upset in yeah. the tournament so far. Brock Lesnar mm-hmm. knocked out in the first match he the fought. Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode's glorious. Glorious. Takes no, out. No, I won't give in. I won't give in till I'm victorious. So, glorious takes out the next big thing. I didn't say I come. I and, did not. And we. My bracket had Brock Lesnar's going to the Elite Eight. So, your bracket is broken. Broken. I'm not um, getting a free year. So, you can go. Onto our Twitter or Facebook right now and take a look at the polls. Lots of people have voted. Um, but right now, as it stands, um, the Ultimate Warrior has a slight lead on Fandango. Mm-hmm. Um, CM Punk is uh, absolutely dominating Randy Orton. Yeah. 
Finn Balor is crushing demolition. That's that's kind of going to hurt me a little bit. I, I told love, you these new dudes were going to get it going. I man. love the demolition theme song though. Rick Rick Derringer's demolition theme, like that, might get a wild card berth later on. I don't know. Um, Buika Buika six one nine taking out with my baby tonight. As, and he just signed a two year contract. He's yeah. back. As it stands right now, you will hear that song once more. Mm-hmm. Um, Sammy Zayn's Worlds Apart is beating Biker Takers um, Roland. What did I tell you? Didn't I tell you that I was going to make the top four? Didn't I tell you I was going to make the final four? Right now, right now, it looks strong. You said I was crazy. Well, I'm you su- said I was crazy. I'm, I'm surprised, but one thing. Now, this is another one of those that it's close, and it's obvious that people are a bit torn. Eddie Guerrero's Lie, Cheat, and Steal is a great theme song. Mm-hmm. But, boy, Eddie got a bad pick to go up against in the first round in any wrestling tournament. Hulk Hogan. He's going up against the Hulkster. Brother. But he's fighting. He's fighting. But right now, Real American looks like it's coming out on top. It's hard to argue with that. I mean, it is Hulk Hogan's Real American. But, I mean, I feel like that man, he beat Brock Lesnar. Yeah. He's won when he's Here's another big surprise to me right now. At the moment, with a whole bunch of votes in, but it's close enough it could still change, uh, Dave Batista's entrance is beating The Rocks. Is it I really? Walk Alone wow. is beating Electrifying. That just changed recently. Yeah. Because but, I, Electrifying was up big at one point. Yeah. But uh, the last thing right now is uh, another shocker, and it might be another in the Goldberg-Lesnar series. We might have to have an outside-of-the-tournament match because <laughs> Shane McMahon's Here Comes the Money is beating Goldberg's Invasion. Here comes the money. Versus Goldberg. It's unbelievable. That's but that's what you, the fans, are deciding, and you guys participate. So go to the Twitter, go to the Facebook, vote in the polls, participate. And we got a special announcement. For all of you folks who haven't got your bracket submissions filled out yet you still have time if you fill in a bracket and get it to us at close to the mark podcast at gmail.com before extreme rules before extreme rules is over then you still have a chance to win the perfect bracket contest one free month for you though and if you already filled one out you're allowed to fill out another one and go for a free month that would go for so you can if you've already been if you if your bracket's already been broken like Corey's, you still have a shot at getting a free month of the network, amend your bracket, resubmit it, send it to us. We'll re-enter you. You're welcome. All right. So, hey, we got to take off. We're out of time, but we'll see you again next week. Have a good one, folks. See ya.